This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 583. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. I am here with Brandon, and later on we will be joined by Chris, and collectively we are marking out. Make sure you listen to all of our past episodes. Make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Make sure you follow us also over at Instagram. Send us an email if you would like to interact with us as well. Check us out on Twitch and buy a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com. And that being said, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? I'm doing uh, doing, uh, fantastic. So we had a big week this uh, week. It was WrestleMania week. It was, yes. You know, WrestleMania. Still is, technically, I mean. Yeah, yeah, we don't know how everything else is going to play out throughout the rest of the week. But, yeah, WrestleMania week, it always is a lot of talk and and excitement around the entire pro wrestling community. Um, You know, you had a ton of action taking place from GCW to every single thing else that was taking place WrestleMania weekend in Texas. But... Something that we should talk about. Do you want to talk about your week? Literally the only thing that I ultimately did. Like, I watched Moon Knight last week. I haven't watched the new episode yet. But uh, in between Stand and Deliver and WrestleMania, I made meat sauce and baked ziti. And I was like, did I, should I have done that? I don't know if I should have because it was like tiring as heck. But but I got it done. Yeah, I got it done and I watched... WrestleMania, I, I it sucks because they announced that it's going to be two years next two two nights next year as well. Uh huh. So it seems like they're going to go with this schedule too. Why does that suck, bro? Having stand and deliver on it at noon, and then WrestleMania on at six, a two hour kickoff show by the way, which did not get utilized. There were no matches. I am nights. I am fine with. All right, so NXT. I'm okay with it, but I would prefer it being that Friday night. I would prefer. Yeah, it I, sucked that SmackDown move from Tuesdays. Yeah, I would prefer it being that Friday night, but then it. Yeah, but like you mentioned, it with SmackDown, it's tough to do that Friday night um, because I mean, even with the Hall of Fame, then you're screwed. Yeah, it's it's tough. So I Hall feel of like Fame last year, I think, was on Tuesday. Yeah, you're you're kind of at a loss. I think that doing it Saturday at noon. Is or in the late afternoon is really the only time you can do NXT Stand and Deliver when you think about it. With Friday night being SmackDown, yeah, um, especially with contracts that you have with the networks and stuff, you really don't have any options but to have it Saturday. Right. The one the difficult thing is like if you go to Stand and Deliver live, it's going to be it's. I feel like it would be so tough to also go to WrestleMania that night. Yeah, I mean, they gave enough time. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. 
Like, I don't know how hectic it was getting in and out. Yeah, I feel, I, I'm curious to see what people that attended both NXT and WrestleMania, how that was. Um, Kickoff-wise, I'm totally fine with it being not as many uh, matches or active as it used to be in the past. I like zero it. matches. Zero matches. I'm. We didn't even it. see the the wedding that I thought we were gonna see with Tamina and yeah, that, Zawa and our Truth, Dana Brooke and Reggie. that. Yeah, that they totally, totally did nothing with. Um, but I'm okay with that. I prefer being just really that WrestleMania card. I don't really like the kickoff so much being so jam packed. Um. So I'm if fine you, with that. If you went to stand and deliver, you had 28 minutes to get from American Airline American Airlines Center to AT&T Stadium. Yeah, that's in, that's tough. I would assume that's tough because parking and this and that, you know, it's really you have to pick and choose what event you want to attend. I think it's it's doable because Keep in mind that nothing happened from six to eight. Yeah. That... So so you really, you get there, you get in, let's say you get in there at like, you could probably get in there at like six. Which is probably why they also provided that extra time. So this way it still entices the NXT crowd to attend WrestleMania and without missing anything. Yeah. But let's talk about the actual events that took place. First off, we had Stand and Deliver. NXT Stand and Deliver took place last week. Um, awesome event overall. Kick it off with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai overcoming the odds, picking up the victory over Toxic Attraction to become the new tag team champions. Um, I'm a fan of this. I, you know, it's nice to see Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai back together once again. Um, Toxic Attraction. I love their gear. <laughs> you know, it's always yeah. it's always nice to have that matching gear. Yeah, but uh, Wendy Chu came out and hit Gigi Dolan with a pillow, and then threw a uh, slushy perhaps in her face. Yeah, basically leading to the end of the match and Raquel that was a nice opener. Yeah, Raquel Gonzalez taking up uh, that opportunity to get advantage in that. Yeah, but. Yeah, after that, you had Cameron Grimes pick up the victory over Carmelo Hayes, Santos Escobar, Grayson Waller, and Solo Sokoa to become the new North American champion in a ladder match. Both of us thought Carmelo Hayes was going to retain this. I did think that, yeah. But we had Sanga, we had Trick Williams, we had Legato all stay ringside for this, and they all got involved in like different parts, including Electra Lopez, and it kind of reminded me of the TLC match where Lita, Spike, and Rhino all got involved. Huh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I liked Sanga breaking the table. Uh, not the table, the ladder in half. Mm-hmm. And then Waller, man, he tried to elbow Carmelo Hayes through that ladder, and uh, Carmelo Hayes moved out of the way, and he just went straight through that ladder. Uh, that was such a... That was a bump that... I don't know that. I mean, that elbow dropped right through there, and the way that he landed on there, that looked painful. Yeah, you know that that was probably my favorite highlight of that match was that bump. I liked um, right before Cameron Grimes won, he hit that springboard caven. I thought that was really nice as yeah, well. Yeah, that was cool. 
And then he was interviewed later on and spoke about uh, his father and, and what winning means to him. I was kind of hoping that uh, they would turn the strap green for money, but I don't know if that's that's probably not going to happen. I can't see that happening. It looks really nice with a green strap. Mm-hmm. For sure. But after that, we saw Tony D'Angelo pick up the victory over Tommaso Ciampa. And AJ Galante was out there with uh, Tony D'Angelo. He was on a, a Netflix documentary and went to jail for, for something. I think I think he went to jail. Maybe he didn't go to jail and his father went to jail. I'm not familiar with him. His father is who they, it's rumored that Tony Soprano is based off of. Jimmy really? Galante. Yeah, so Jimmy Galante bought a hockey team, the Trashers, the Connecticut Trashers or whatever. Dansbury Trashers, maybe. Uh-huh. And um, bought it for his son, AJ. So I know there was some sort of tax evasion. I know that they were going pretty rough with what so they were doing this... when they were playing hockey. So why is this guy featured? I don't know. I didn't watch the Netflix documentary to know. I know it's uh, probably some sort of crime boss family. But I, why they were is, successful in waste management, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And, why is WWE? Know. But why is WWE putting such a? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I don't person know. On... Well, because he's in the Nick the, the Netflix documentary, so I don't know. I mean, there's nothing like there's nothing that says they are mobsters. I don't know. It's I'm all not a... allegedly. I have no. I yeah. I like. I knew. I know the name AJ Galante. I know Jimmy Galante by name. I don't know them. I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. I think that that's, uh, but D'Angelo picking up the victory over Champa. Before uh, that, though, man, Champa's entrance. He yeah. came out. He did the Triple H water spit, and then he did the the Shawn Michaels pose in the ring. Pop for that. D'Angelo tried to use the uh, the crowbar, but Tommaso Ciampa reversed that. And when the referee turned his back to get the, the crowbar out of the ring, Tommaso Ciampa got kicked by Tony D'Angelo below the belt. And he mm. went for the crowbar again and got hit with the Willow's Bell and the fairy tale ending. And I thought that was going to be it. And D'Angelo kicked out. I liked... Champa using the Gargano escape, even though they didn't call it the Gargano escape. Everyone watching knew yeah, what it knew was. knew that it was their Gargano escape. But Champa at one point pulls up the, the padding ringside and ends up getting knocked out on the concrete. And gets tossed back in the ring, ate a kick from D'Angelo and lost. Now. Yeah. So it was kind of his fault that he lost? Uh, I guess. I mean, he exposed the floor. He did. And then Triple H came out, hugged him, and celebrated with him, and that was, like, sad. Yeah. That was a heartfelt moment. After that, we saw MSK pick up the victory over the Creed Brothers and Imperium to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Imperium has a new theme song. 
Yeah. And people were like, okay, guys, let's not freak out. Maybe it's just Imperium and it's not Gunter's theme song. And then Gunter had the theme song, too. I don't like this new theme song. I like the match, though. I don't know. I'm fine with it, the theme song-wise. Match, yeah, it was a good match. That cannonball spot that Brutus hit to the outside, I think, was the biggest spot of this match. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. I still wish, obviously, that Grizzled Young Veterans were in this and won this match, but... Yeah. I... What are you going to do? Yeah, what can you do? But... Next up, you had Mandy Rose. This was a match that I was looking... This was probably the match that I was looking forward to the most on the card. Mandy Rose picking up the victory over Io Shirai, Cora Jade, and Kaylee Ray. All right, I can't do it. Go for it. Kaylee Ray? Yeah, <laughs> to retain. Um, I was looking forward to this match just because it was so unpredictable. I think we definitely we definitely called this match wrong, but... Even from the entrances, they built it up as like a huge match. We had Cora Jade come out with a bunch of skateboarders. Mandy Rose came out on a podium gimmick where uh, she looked like an angel or whatever. Angel wings were behind her that followed her down to the actual stage. And um, then we had a, a, a new women's championship showing off. Yeah, and it was really impressive. I did pop for... Uh... Barrett making that yeah. how he was just like that looks and very familiar. Po- yeah, he gave the podium to her. Yeah, that was a funny uh, little commentary spot. Good old bad news, Barrett. Yeah, he blocked us I, on fa- on Twitter. Thanks. Yeah, Dave. I still don't know why. Yeah, yeah. We 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 we've only praised you, yet you blocked us. Yeah. I mean, it, unlike Hockey Talk, man, where Brandon did, you well, know, he deserves it. Well, I mean, yeah, he does deserve it. <laughs> But Manny but Rose did pick uh, up that victory. Yeah, I thought this was a really good match. I think everybody shined in this. Jade hitting the, the destroyer on the apron I thought was cool. The the KLR bomb on Cora Jade I thought was nice. And then Io Shirai pushed Cora Jade from the top rope. Not Cora Jade. Pushed uh, Kaylee Ray from the top rope. Hit a, a moonsault onto Cora Jade. And then Mandy Rose at the last second came in, hit EO with that knee, and, and retained the, the title. Yeah, I was very surprised that Mandy Rose picked up the victory, especially, I mean, every single competitor in this match has an argument for them coming out as the victor. You yeah. Know? So Mandy Rose actually coming out of here with the victory was surprisingly uh, great. I was happy for that. After that, we saw Gunter pick up the victory over LA Knight. Like, this wasn't a bad match, but I personally could have done without it. I still enjoyed it, but... I, honestly, I barely paid attention during this match. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just had no desire for it. So this match had no attraction to me. Well, main event, we saw Dolph Ziggler very surprisingly pick up the victory over Braun Breaker to retain the NXT championship. Yeah, and Zigzag, uh, the Ziggler, the Zigmeister showing off the tights. 
Yeah, Brown Breaker came out before that uh, with a chainsaw to cut through trunks, cut through the X in the NXT, and then Dolph Ziggler wore trunks. Yeah, not tights, trunks. And we yeah, got we his haven't good seen theme song always, still again. Yeah, we haven't seen the trunks in a long time. Yeah, it's been quite a while since we've seen Ziggler in in trunks. But Robert Roode was there and got involved, and then got tossed from ringside. But overall, I thought this match was great. We saw Ziggler eat. I think three spears in total. Yeah. But, and but, Breaker hit the gorilla press slam. But then the number games, you know, comes into factor. Rude yeah, did not stay that, back. He hit that gorilla press slam and uh, Robert Rude came back out, saved Dolph Ziggler from the pin. Yeah, putting his so, leg right on that rope. So Breaker dove out over the ropes onto Robert Rude. I was surprised with that spot. And then, and then he got back in the ring, got hit with a Famouser and a zigzag. And I yeah. was like, oh, that's it. But no, he kicked out. And then Ziggler hit a thumb to Breaker's eyes and hit a super kick to, to retain the championship. Yeah, I was solid ending. I surprised. And yeah, it was a, I thought it was a really a nice ending to that stand and deliver event. Totally agree with you. Totally agree. But moving on, we have the... Event of the weekend. WrestleMania Night 1. Kicked off with Brentley Gilbert performing the America the Beautiful. Follow- a lot of people were like, why? Who is this? And I'm like, I know who that is. But yeah, I- if you're not a country music fan, then you're not going to... I mean, let's I face it. Usually that rendition, though. That was uh, weird. Yeah. You know, I feel like whenever they get people to perform America the Beautiful and everything, it's like... I don't know, hit or miss whether or not you know who they are. Yeah, obviously. Because, like, there's, I mean, last year, I don't know how many people know who BB Rex is, but, like, hello, I'm a huge fan. (laughs) We've seen Brantley Gilbert, so, like. I'm a fan of BB Rex and Ava Max. I think both are great. But But nobody even mentioned, did Ava Max do something with WWE? No, no. But for some reason, I always associate. What a weird with, thing to say. I always, I always associate her with BB Rexa, because I can mm. never tell whose song is who. Well, after that, we had our opening video package, which we saw previously on the internet already, of Mark Wahlberg, famous Texan. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg doing an entrance video for, for WrestleMania in Texas, and the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Uh, danced as well. But then we get into the actual action. By the way, Marky Mark was promoting some movie. I don't remember what it's called. Definitely. I mean, I can't say definitely, but I probably won't be seeing it. Mm-hmm. Just based off of me not even remembering what it is. But it's probably some thriller movie. But the first match of the evening saw the Usos pick up the victory over Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura were literally sponsored by Mike's Harder Lemonade. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was so a their fan gear, of this. <laughs> their gear was the like logo color and stuff. I thought that was funny. Yeah. But Rick Boogs' knee unfortunately went out during this when he had both Usos on his shoulder. Yeah, you didn't know if it was like... Yeah, you didn't know if it was like a shoot injury. It looked like it was. Yeah, it really looked like it was... um, It looked like it was just a legit work, you know? I mean, No, I said it it, looked like it was a legit injury. What do you mean? Oh, 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 sorry. 
for me, it looked like it was a legit work because like it seems like one of those spots where you try to pick up two wrestlers at the same time and then you right. just can't. Your leg gives out and then it gives them the advantage, you know? So it left Nakamura to face them alone. And um, I don't know. They The news sites say this match was cut short for time, I guess. Or not cut short for time. They cut short because Boogs was injured. But it was confirmed later on that he suffered a torn, quadris- a torn quadriceps to the patella tendon that, I guess, required surgery. I'm sure he already had it. Oh, yeah, probably. You know, yeah, the quad. First, they were saying, like, the quad patellar. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. Like, I was telling Brandon, it doesn't work that way. It's The patella is the bone. They could be talking about the patellar tendon which is an extension of the quad. So so it's not yeah, that makes a torn quad, though, right? Huh? It's not a torn quad, right? I mean, it depends. It could be. Well, they it said it's on a where torn the... quadriceps to patella tendon. It, I mean, it depends on if it's vertical or horizontal. You know? Mm. It, it could definitely be a tear through both of them. You know? And the patella tendon's just kind of like where it all comes into uh for some of it so yeah but unfortunate you know and we wish him a speedy recovery and that it just sucks but yeah especially because they had such a good combination for attacking with him and uh nakamura and it was the first match of mania yeah it definitely it was one of those things where you saw and you're like, oh, no. Is this, like, a sign of the direction that WrestleMania is going to be taking? You know, you're like, I don't know if anybody else felt that way, but that was definitely, that definitely crossed my mind where I'm like, this is definitely not how you want to kick off a WrestleMania. Well, according to some people, this was one of the worst WrestleManias ever, so. Those people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see it, but. I'm sorry, but I was highly entertained. Highly Talking about that, highly entertained. This next match, Drew McIntyre picked up the victory over Happy Corbin. Um, okay, this match did it was entertaining, wasn't outstanding. It was okay. I mean, yeah. you saw Madcap distract Corbin by mistake at one point. Yeah, and yeah, McIntyre was able to take over, and I mean, McIntyre is now the first person ever to kick out of the end of days. Yeah. That was very, very surprising. Yeah, for sure. I was surprised that Madcap caused that distraction. Yeah. I mean, he's the newly won Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner, which um, Corbin also won. Yeah, so this could be come a one-up kind of a competition between the two of them. Yeah, but after that, we saw Madcap go to get into the ring and McIntyre slice the ring ropes. And I thought that was a pretty good big, like, WrestleMania moment. I'm sorry? He sliced the ring ropes? Oh, yeah. It looked like he was supposed to slice that third rope, but it just didn't. Perhaps. We don't know. It didn't sell it, you know? After that, we saw Miz and Logan Paul pick up the victory over the Mysterios. I hated this match. Well, I don't believe that at all. I no no no. I hated this match because Logan Paul did so well. And I hate Logan Paul. So because he did so well in this match, 
I hate liking it. You know, like I thought that this match, it was awesome. And let's talk about their attire. Yeah, so Rey Mysterio and Dominic, first they came out with the 2002 like entrance stage pop-up, which I, I, I liked. And then they had awesome gear, which I'm like, this seems like it's a tribute to Los Gringos Locos, which is a faction that Eddie Guerrero was in in AAA with Art Barr and a bunch of other people. And then Rey Mysterio posted a side-by-side picture of him and Dominic and Los Gringos Locos to basically confirm that. So I thought that was awesome. Miz and Logan Paul were wearing matching gear. Yeah, that I like Logan Paul coming out with a $5 million Pikachu Pokemon card. Insane. Guinness World Record holder. Insane. Was that <laughs> Pikachu? Yeah. I thought it, I... I didn't I didn't see who was on the card, but I think that there was like a Charizard one. Yeah, no, that was a Pikachu card. I think it's the uh, most expensive Pokemon card ever. I always thought the Charizard was the most expensive Pokemon card. Nope. Wow. This one's he just he literally got a Guinness World Record at WrestleMania for it. That's insane that that's actually a Guinness World Record. <laughs> like, because it was Guinness... like some sort of private deal. He went. Uh, he he tweeted a whole bunch of things about it. He had um, Jeremy Padauer, I guess, got him in touch with the guy. Jeremy Padauer, former guy from Jack Specific, who, I mean, he is the responsible one for the classic superstars line from WWE. And a bunch of other, like, WWE Jax figures. Oh, uh, he's the guy that always says the retweet this if you want this auction and stuff. Stuff like that, yeah. On Twitter? Now uh, he's doing... I, I never knew he's who with, he was. He's with Jazzwares now, which is the AEW figures. So he's doing that for them now. So he put Logan Paul in touch with some guy, I think it was in Dubai. And Logan Paul flew on a private jet to Dubai to buy the, the Pokemon card. Wow. Pretty crazy. But uh, I thought this match was great. I thought the heat that Logan Paul got for using the three amigos was amazing. Oh, and the heat from the Eddie Guerrero taunt on the top rope. Right before he hit the the frog splash. Yeah, I thought that was incredible as well. And ultimately, I can't believe that Rey Mysterio lost this match. But even more so, after the match was over, Miz hit Logan Paul with a skull crushing finale. And I honestly would not mind seeing Logan Paul come back in WWE like a Bad Bunny sort of situation because he did so incredibly well in this match. He's a natural athlete. I don't know why anyone would think he wasn't going to be good. I think that people just hope that he wasn't going to be good because of who he is. Right. Or at least the gimmick of who he is. So he's coming out in uh, WWE 2K22 as DLC, so maybe he'll have this. I mean, he better have this WrestleMania gear. (laughs) Yeah. And hopefully it's not like the gear that he wore to manage Sami Zayn at WrestleMania 37 because <laughs> that would suck because he just wrestled a match, give him his actual gear. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with the, the Pokemon card. I don't think, I mean, they could make a knockoff Pikachu or something. I don't know. Yeah. That'd be funny to see. But after this, Stephen McMahon came out and introduced Gable Stevenson just to have his like, hello crowd, I'm coming. Like... Get him, get him aware to the WWE universe, or get the WWE universe aware to who Gable Stevenson is. Further, yeah, 
Nice little and then segment. Following, yeah, following that, we saw Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Becky Lynch to become the new Raw Women's Champion. For me, this was probably the best match of the night. It's very hard between that and the next one. But Becky Lynch, her entrance I thought was awesome. Where it, I, so. The entrance video she had, I guess, was a parody of a Marvel video, even though I thought it was definitely, like, the opening WWE signature. Oh! Then, now, forever. But then WWE posted something like Avengers Assemble or something. So, it, it like, oh, I could yeah. definitely see that being the Marvel okay. intro as well. Um, I'm with you because I thought that she was doing the intro to the WWE now and forever as well. Yeah. I did not think Avengers, but I. But now that you say Avengers, I know the opening that you're talking about. I did it's just not a think normal that. Marvel intro, yeah. Yeah, I did not think that at all. And then Bianca Belair had the Texas Southern University marching band with her to perform her theme song, which I thought was a fantastic entrance. Corey Graves, huge heel. Yeah, he got a lot of heat for that. A lot of people call him racist for that. I don't... Yeah, he he was saying what he's like, what the hell hell is is this this? or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's heel commentary. I mean, there's no difference between what he said and what Bobby the Brain Heenan would have said. Yeah. You know? But they started with a callback to SummerSlam, which I liked. And... Oh, my God! What? That (laughs) that spot. That spot? spot. The callback to SummerSlam. Oh, are you talking about the? You thought she was about to lose right away. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes, (laughs) I was. They worked me so hard with this. Did they work you? Uh, no, because I still figured somehow that Bianca Belair was walking out as champion. Oh, dude, I got worked so hard during that spot because they hit that spot. And I, like, stood up. I'm like, no, 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 not again. And then she kicked out. And I'm like, like, right away, I kind of, like, I smiled. And I was just like, that was genius to include in this match right at the start. Because then they panned to the crowd. And they showed the all the crowd reaction. And it was, it was perfect. You know? I was surprised that this match went as long as it did. And I'm glad that it did because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree with you. Becky Lynch hit that manhandle slam on the ring steps. And Bianca Belair made it right before, made it back into the ring right before 10. And then we saw Becky Lynch go for another manhandle slam. But Bianca Belair was in the corner. So she was able to like flip over, do a backflip. And then she hit the, the kiss of death and picked up the victory there. And I thought that was a very, very good victory Back-to-back victories at WrestleMania for Bianca Belair. Championship victories. So, I thought that was nice. But after that, uh, Seth Rollins, big mystery opponent. Seth Rollins came out with uh, a choir that uh, sang his theme song. A choir of, like, children. I didn't know what that was. I didn't get it. I think, so my perspective of this... Was it looked like adults? What do you mean, children? Was it? I thought it was children. It looked like just like they picked up random fans off the street to sing Seth Rollins themes. Like I don't know what it was. I thought that it was children, and I don't think so. What I thought about it was 
it was displaying Seth Rollins' influence on on the young young children in America. I thought that like kind of just showing that Seth Rollins is such an influencer. That's that's my perspective of it. I was a fan of it. I liked that they were humming because then that caused the entire crowd to really um, go into that humming of his theme song. Right. Which I think is going to be huge. That's going to be equivalent to... I mean, that they already do that, so I don't know. I, I think that it's going to be even more so, though. Mm, it, you can't get any more so than it already is. They already do it. It's going to be... I, I even think it's in... I It might be in WW2K22. I'm not 100% really? sure. That's cool. But then, obviously, Seth Rollins is in the ring waiting for who he's going to be facing. And then, all of a sudden, we get some ring pyro. And people are like, okay, we don't know who it is, but we hope it is who we think it is. Then the lights go out. And they delayed this for a good amount of time, too, leading you time to, like, think and stink and think. Stink and think? Sorry, think and think and think. (laughs) Think, think, think. But, yeah, the lights go out and everyone's like, oh, my God, we know exactly who it is. (laughs) (laughs) And then... You have the the voice the 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 entrance. It's the actual AEW entrance that Cody Rhodes has with the the voiceover and everything. Where there's more than one royal family in wrestling or whatever the voiceover line is. Yeah. Which I couldn't. I did not hear it. Like I couldn't really understand the voiceover line while it was happening. But oh. because I watch AEW, I know that's what it is. I know it's Cody yeah. Rhodes. I know. I know. I. Yeah. I know. I mentioned it to you. And you didn't hear it. Um, like I hear, uh, like I hear a little bit. I understand that it's Cody Rhodes talking, but I don't know what it's saying because. Ah. But I do know it's Cody Rhodes, given that it's his AEW entrance, and he went in. Kingdom starts playing by Downstate, and he came out with the from the, the elevated stage and everything, the the pyro, etc. Totally, I marked out for this. It's it's oh, it's it always, was electric. It was a hundred percent electric. It's always cool and nice where you know what to expect. You've seen the rumors, you've heard the rumors, you know what is about to happen, but then you still react to it in a pop fashion. I think that that's like you said, that's electric. That's pro wrestling. I love that. And I think that is up there with the Hardy Boys. Even though we knew, like, we quote-unquote knew it was going to be Cody. I think it's up there with that Hardy Boys return from WrestleMania 33. I agree. I and agree. And uh, it was, it's cool because Cody's last WrestleMania was in the same stadium on the same, not the same date. April 3rd, it was, it was on April 3rd. This was April 2nd. But yeah. I thought that was cool that it was the same venue. And it was against Seth Rollins, who they've had uh, so much interactions with in Yeah, matches. the last time they wrestled was eight years ago. Wow. I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, And it was a tag match with, uh, I think it was uh, Seth and, and Roman Reigns versus the, the, the Rhodes. Yeah. But we saw... Um, it was like almost immediately where he did the, the Stardust taunt. And I'm like, yes, Stardust lives. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. This match, it was such a damn good match. Seth Rollins kicking out of the crossroads. Uh, also that one part where he went for the pedigree and then Cody reversed it. 
and maybe was also going for pedigree. I thought he was going for like a tiger driver or, or something like that. I thought that he was going for the pedigree right away. I see. Cause because his moveset currently prior to WWE, his finisher had been the, the tiger driver 98, not used in this match. He didn't use that. So he went for that, whatever it was that got reversed Seth Rollins ends up eventually hitting the pedigree. And then Cody, throughout the match, hits two more um, crossroads. He hits a bionic a bionic elbow and a fourth crossroads to, to finally end the match. And I thought, overall, this, this was a fantastic match. And I'm happy to see Cody back in WWE. I agree with you. I think that it's incredible and seriously, shame on any AEW mark who wants to bash Cody Rhodes for making this decision. And I don't they're not, I they're not handling it well. No, they are not. The guy is happy. Why how can you even judge or hate on I someone? I think they that, feel betrayed though because he was he was he started AEW. He wasn't an executive vice president of AEW. He was a guy who trashed WWE, WWE things and everything and said I am not going like the other guys have the option to go elsewhere. I don't have that option. I trashed WWE. I can't go back. This is me in AEW for life. And then come January, those rumblings start happening where it's like wait a minute, Cody's Cody's working AEW without a contract. What's going on here? And then it's like, hey guys, we're leaving AEW. And people are like, what? How? How is that a thing? I think it's funny that AEW fans don't realize that. I am still a firm believer that if WWE wanted Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks, I promise you they all... I mean, they turned them down. Kenny Omega, in the first place, left WWE by himself. He didn't get fired. He left WWE. He wasn't happy with what was going on there. So, I mean, WWE Deep South. So, whether or not he'd come back, I don't know. Maybe if you throw enough money at him, I don't know, though. But I don't think they would get that same reaction that Cody got. I mm, I think that they would. Similar. Yeah. But not as much. I think that they would get that reaction, but you know what? Everybody wants that wants a WrestleMania match. And That's I think just... I think prior to AEW starting, the WWE threw a lot of money at the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. And they turned it down. Hey, I think. let's see what happens, you know? I think if anyone else is going to be going from AEW to WWE, it's MJF. I could see MJF. I would say Adam Page even. Uh, maybe. I mean, who knows? It's pro wrestling. That's the, you know, but I think that bashing a person over their choice for themselves, for their goals, for burning their family. Your sh- burning his shirts, his throwing his figures away. Yeah, oh, dude. Oh, God. You- you already you already paid he already got his money off of you buying that stuff. Why are you doing that? 
Yeah. I mean, if if he returns back to AEW at some point, you're gonna be like, oh man, I don't believe I got like, stop it! You're acting like kids. Why are you burning all that stuff? If you really don't want it, instead of displaying your childish reactions and temper tantrums over social media, sell it. Or might as well make it. a profit on it. Or donate it. Yeah. Or exactly. Thank you, Brandon. Or donate it. You know. But to destroy something like that, especially a teach. Come on childish but and and we'll speak about it later on cody rhodes said exactly like the perfect thing on monday night raw so we'll talk about that later but after that we saw the hall of fame segment um where i think the last time the steiner brothers were at wrestlemania was 29 years ago wow but undertaker had his full entrance and that was the big goodbye for them yeah. After that, Charlotte Flair picked up the victory over Ronda Rousey to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Oof. This, for me, was the most boring match on any card. I agree with you. This the, match... This feud was built on making Charlotte Flair tap out with an, an ankle lock. And then that didn't even happen. The yeah. one thing that I liked from this match was Rousey reversing... Natural selection. But nothing came of that. We saw Flair tap out. But Charles Robinson was knocked out. So this match is probably going to continue. Obviously, it's Thursday right now. Friday will roll around. We'll we'll find out when this match will take place again, I assume. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably see it again. But this match, it, that ending... I mean, the end of the match was lousy. She won with a big boot. That's like, it made no sense. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it was just a big boot and that was it. But after this, we were supposed to see New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. But that got cut for time. Um, So at that point, it was like, really kind of infuriating because they gave a two-hour kickoff show and didn't do anything on it. And it's like, it better get moved to the next day, which it did, but it didn't really? If that makes sense. Yeah. But then we we close out the night with the KO show where Kevin Owens starts by running Stone Cold Steve Austin down. And then he eventually cuts him off and walks out of the the arena or walks out into the stadium and then goes to the back. And I'm like, people are like, oh, my God, he's changing it to wrestling gear. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's getting his ATV. (laughs) And then Steve comes out with his ATV and destroyed the KO show set. And they went on to have the actual KO show. And Stone Cold ran... Kevin Owens down and Kevin Owens is like you know what I tricked you Steve I want to fight and I'm challenging you to a no holds barred match and uh, it was I mean people thought Stone Cold Steve Austin was having a match here they went into the segment not knowing but thinking and the, the main event match for Wrestlemania night one was Stone Cold Steve Austin picking up the victory over Kevin Owens in a no-holds-barred match. And the crowd ate and this up. I This was fantastic. 
This now is Stone Cold Steve Austin's third main event in three different decades. Yeah, I so I was mixed at first because like I was texting Brandon. I'm like, oh, I kind of don't know if I want to see this because like I was noticing how Steve Austin was moving. Like you could tell that his knees were shot, you know, um, especially with when he was doing the turnbuckles, the mud stomping, the mud hole stomping in the turnbuckle where he was just doing it very slow and paced out. I was just like, OK, like I get it. But then he did it in the other turnbuckle and he started picking up the pace a little bit. And I was just like, okay, okay. I'm starting to get around on this. And then as it progressed, I was definitely enjoying this match a ton. I was Um, very surprised to see him get suplexed on the concrete in the crowd. I was going to say, yeah, that soup. Like once he dished out that suplex, I was just like, okay. And then you saw like stone cold starting to, I feel like come into get comfortable maybe. Um, And it just started to mesh really well. The crowd loved it. I thought and... the uh, the part where Kevin Owens tried to escape on the ATV, but he couldn't get it started. <laughs> so Stone Cold attacks him and then drove the ATV up to the ramp. I thought that was really funny. The ATV, and then, I mean, and the then a- he returned the suplex and and suplex Kevin Owens on the stage. Yeah, I mean the ATV. Let's face it, the ATV is a thing because Stone Cold can't walk that ramp, but. He did well, later no, on. I guess we saw him do it regardless. So yeah, that's... we saw him do it later on. But I, I mean, I still think that that was definitely playing a factor in there was to save his knees. Definitely. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I, I it, could, it could have been a huge factor as to why they did it in like 2003, yeah, four. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I heard him say that on one of his podcast episodes, that that was one of the reasons why they started using the ATV mm. was just because of the long ramps and the way that his knees were. But hey, for what this was, this was exciting. This it was, was very enjoyable. This was great. If anybody, bat- I mean, this was so much fun. Kevin Owens hit a stunner on Stone Cold, and then he went for a chair shot. But Steve moved out of the way, and they did the thing where Kevin Owens hits the rope, and it bounces back into his head. And uh, Stone Cold hit the stunner and picked up the victory there. Yeah. And then Kevin Owens ate another stunner after the match, and he got dragged away by Texas Sheriffs, which I thought was funny. And then I popped even, like, the after aftermath of this, like the referees standing out there drinking beer with Steve, and then <laughs> Stone Cold calls Byron Saxon into the ring for, for a beer, and he drinks the beer. Obviously, Byron's about to get hit with the stunner. And then he eats a stunner, yeah. and then Steve's brother got into the ring for a beer, too, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, they got uh, to kind of have their family moment. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. Yeah, I I thought that this was just fun. Um, You know, him sharing that moment. And yeah, the Byron Saxton, that was a nice uh, sell. Yeah. You know, but that was night one of WrestleMania. But don't worry, they came back the very next night for night two. Kicking off with Jesse James Decker. Um, I'm not too familiar with her. She performed America the Beautiful as well. Yeah. Her husband is... Um, football player, right? Was a football player. Wasn't she a host of that country show with Stone Cold? Uh, Did re- I, or 
Now I think she was. Right? What was it? The Red... Ne- oh. Redneck Re- Island? Redneck Island, maybe? I don't know. I don't know, but that show was educating. No, I don't think it was Redneck Island, if she did anything. I feel like we did see her as a host with Stone Cold on something, though. On one of those TV shows. Well, but let's re- give it a Google. I don't know. Yeah, while well, you Google it, but regardless, that's one. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mark Yeah, she did Redneck Island. Hey, hey there you go. Hot damn. I wonder if there was any reunion between the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Well, uh, we had another introduction with Mar- Marky Mark himself. Which I was very surprised because I think the last two WrestleManias, they had the same video twice, which made no sense. And this one was a, a brand new video, so I got pumped for that. That was cool. Yeah, I like that they had a uh, separate video for this. And then um, WrestleMania... Kick it off with- Opens with Triple H coming out, doing his all entrance. He hugged his kids. He hugged uh, Gable Steveson. And then he left his boots in the ring. Me, yeah, I was very, coming uh... out there. He's coming out. I'm like, yes, he's he's coming out there. Hopefully going to add DIY to this match, maybe. And then they'll come out at <laughs> WrestleMania as champions. <laughs> and then he retired, officially. Yeah, he left the boots in the center of the ring, which if anybody knows... That means it is the end of the end of the road. And then RK-Bro went on to defeat Alpha Academy and the Street Profits to retain those Raw Tag Team Championships in a very fun match. I liked um, Matt Riddle hitting that springboard RK off the top rope to Montez Ford. Gable at one point went for a dive and Randy Orton hit him with an RKO, which led to the end of the match there. But after the match, we saw the Street Profits share drinks with um, RK-Bro. And they called Gable Stevenson in to drink with them. And they were about to celebrate. And Chad Gable slapped the drink out of Gable Stevenson's hand. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Chad Gable goes into cutting a promo on Gable Stevenson. And then Stevenson hits Chad Gable with an overhead belly-to-belly, and I thought that was just a really funny, like, Gable versus Gable segment there. I agree with you. I thought I, I was pumped for that. And then at the end, they all shared a, shared a little uh, drink. Yeah. But after this, you had, I don't know, Bobby Lashley making his uh, return, picking up a victory over almost... Um, this was his return. We saw last week. Well, I mean, making his, his pay-per-view return or his in ELE, but, but I don't think I heard a premium live event, by the way, last night, this weekend. Yeah. This was a lose, lose, you know, this was a lose, lose match. Almost. What sucks is that almost controlled the whole match. Yeah. Um, and then Lashley hit a suplex followed by a spear. That suplex, to, I wasn't almost his back, and then to almost his front, and I that was impressed it. by that suplex, though. Why? Why? Because it's almost a suplex. I think you could any be any height and hit a suplex. Look at Wee Man. That's a body slam. Come on, that's not the same thing. No, brother. A All suplex. Right, fine. I'm gonna try to suplex you, okay? A suplex. A suplex is me jumping. Is Fine. it not? We're gonna we're gonna do a TikTok video of me suplexing you. But it's gonna require me to jump. Will you jump? I won't. 
Jeez, you sack of potatoes. <laughs> so I liked the the spear that almost uh, that almost got hit with from the 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 back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that outside of that, I, we didn't need this match. Yeah. No offense but, to either of them. Next up is a match that I personally loved. And I did not expect me to love this as much as I did. Johnny Knoxville picking up the victory over Sami Zayn in an anything goes match. This was quirky. It was slapstick. Quirky. It was wonky. Quirky. Yeah, quirky. The, the one thing I wish that took place in this was Butterbean, but outside of that, I thought this was a really fun match. Yeah, this was a really, really fun match. Uh, we had the, the cast of Jackass sitting ringside, and we saw right as soon as the bell rang, Johnny Knoxville ate a Huluva kick, and I'm like, that's it. That's done. The match is over. But that wasn't the end of the match. We saw that table with a bunch of mouse traps all over it that Sami Zayn set up. And then Sami Zayn put Johnny Knoxville through another table with an exploder suplex in the corner. And then we saw Chris Pontius get in the ring and do some party boy <laughs> at WrestleMania. I thought that was hilarious. It got a naked Midian mention. Yeah, that I was pop for that. That was incredible how he just he was fully clothed and then he just ripped it off into party party boy gear. There was a kid in my high school that used to do that. He had a, a, a speaker in his in his uh, backpack, and he used to go around doing the Party Boy theme song and taking his pants off and doing Party Boy. That's hilarious. But Wee Man showed up from under the ring wearing a Wee Man a Wee Man. Well, it was a WrestleMania T-shirt, but the the letters were all blocked out, so it said Wee Man. So I thought mm. that was pretty cool. But he shows up. Fights Sami Zayn and body slams him. Everyone, the internet blew up over that. I thought that was so cool. And then he ends up eating a huluva kick. Oh, that huluva kick was nasty. <laughs> I cringed because they showed the replay and he ate that. Yeah. And then Sami Zayn ended up going through that mousetrap table that he had set up. And the Jackass crew ends up setting up a giant mousetrap in the ring and put Sami Zayn into it. And that, that led to the end of the match. And according to Knoxville, he's not done with Sami Zayn. So I don't know if this is going to be a third match or a third interaction between the two of them. I don't, I don't know. know. But this this match was well a done. Fight. I mean, very well done. Yeah. And you got to love the fact how the mousetrap didn't work. But then Johnny Knoxville was able to fix it really quickly. Think on that moment to push down that button to yeah. have it release. Yeah, very well done. Yeah. After that, we saw Team Bad pick up the victory over Carmella and Queen Zelina and Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan and uh, Natalia and Shayna Baszler to become the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Good match. I, I liked, I guess, I mean, I don't know what to call it, that that moonsault scorpion death drop that Vega did to the outside to Rhea Ripley. It was awesome. I liked that. Um, um, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan did dual tower doom spots, which I normally hate. Yeah, but this definitely was, was this the one where they took out everyone? Yeah. Or no, right? Yeah. Yeah, this one was interesting because I've never seen anybody do this, do it this way before. That uh, the riptide you know? and backstabber combo that they did was really nice. 
And I also liked that double team move that Team Bad used to pick up the victory. And not only that, this is Sasha Banks' first victory at WrestleMania. Wait, what? This is her first win at WrestleMania. No way. Yeah, she's been on a big losing streak. Wow. That's insane. That really is insane in the membrane. It's insane in the brain. After that, Edge picked up the victory over AJ Styles. We saw Edge come out on a throne surrounded by Pyro. And uh, this match, it started off very slow. I think, I mean, throughout the whole match, it was kind of slow. But fans were super, super behind AJ Styles here. I thought, I liked this match a lot. I was a big fan of this match. I liked when Edge held onto the ropes to block the powerbomb that AJ was going to hit. And then AJ ends up hitting him with the torture rack bomb. I like that. And then AJ Styles finally hits a, a Styles clash after trying a few times. Edge gets his shoulder up. And then he goes to set up for the phenomenal forearm. And Damian Priest shows up, which distracts AJ Styles. AJ Styles launches himself to go for it and gets hit by a, a spear to for Edge to pick up the victory. And I marked out. For those that do not understand... Please go listen back to the episodes where they signed. I uh, spoke about signing of Damian Priest and my comparison of him to Edge. And them put together. I am so excited for that it's coming to happen. So It's coming to happen. Yes, I couldn't think of the word that I actually wanted to put in there. Coming to... Yeah. God, what's what's the phrase? You fruition. Know? It's ah yes. What was that word again? <laughs> fruition. Fruition. Yes, fruition. That is uh one of the words that I don't think of too often. But yes, it is coming to fruition. <laughs> After this uh, was the Sheamus and Ridge Holland match where they picked up the victory over New Day. It was like a minute long. Two-hour kickoff show? Minute-long match? I don't know how long it was supposed to be on night one. I don't know if it was supposed to be this short. But I liked New Day coming out with the WWE Champion Big E gear. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, the Big E gear uh, was awesome. Butch, though, tried to keep... He kept trying to get involved and eventually distracted the referee, which led to that finish. And then Butch attacked Xavier Woods afterwards, and the match was nothing. No. Unfortunate. But after that, we had another WWE Hall of Fame segment where Undertaker, literally it was just Undertaker this time, came out, did his entrance, and uh, said goodbye again. And thank you. And uh, then after that, we saw Pat McAfee pick up the victory over Austin Theory. Vince McMahon introduced Austin Theory. Pat McAfee came out with the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. And he came out with the Seven Nation Army theme song, which he uses at TV, which uh, I wasn't really expecting him to come out with that. But Ah, I didn't know he comes out to that. Yeah, um, because he does have his own theme song. We've seen him use it before when he faced Adam Cole and when he, when he fought at War Games. <clears throat> But, uh, I mean, the 
it led to the crowd singing it during the match. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the perfect theme song to hum or hum with, you know. It's but I, I mean, I'm I'm filling in the lyrics, Enzo Amore there. So, <laughs> um, but this match, hey, Pat McAfee, you got exactly the so- the spots that you wanted to see, like the jump to the to- uh, top turnbuckle yeah. spot. Um, I liked, and- he was doing commentary to the match. Yeah, that was a cool spot. I thought that this was awesome, and Austin Theory, Austin Theory made Pat McAfee look like a star too. Yeah, um, and Pat McAfee was super over here, and I did not expect Pat McAfee to win this, but it was like you said, it was like the greatest hits of Pat McAfee that we've seen in the previous two matches, and he ended up reversing the ATL, the ATL to pick up the victory. And then afterwards, Vince McMahon, he's taking off his jacket. He puts it back on. Fans booed. They booed the hell out of that, putting the jacket back on. And then he takes it off. Fans start going nuts. Rips open his shirt, and he's in gear, I guess you would say. It's just an undershirt, I guess. But that's what he would wrestle in, and fans were losing their minds. And Theory attacks Pat McAfee from behind. And Vince McMahon has the referee ring the bell. And Vince McMahon has a match at WrestleMania where he picks up the victory over Pat McAfee. Theory this got involved, was... but the referee, he didn't call for the DQ. And Theory ends up giving Vince McMahon a football, which he teased punting into the crowd. And then he punted it into Pat McAfee and won the match. <laughs> and Pat McAfee punting the, the football as his entrance was awesome too. Yeah. Um, but Vince McMahon had a WrestleMania match, 76 years old. Yeah, I think this is his fourth decade now. It was his first WrestleMania win, by the way. Amazing. You know, he's, I... he's wrestled in three different decades at WrestleMania, and now it's uh, <laughs> four different decades for his whole career that he's wrestled. I feel like it's also kind of fitting you know, when you think, when you really break it down to the Vince McMahon Stone Cold Steve Austin feud, how night one Stone Cold Steve Austin has like his send off farewell match, and then Vince McMahon on night two just tries to one up Steve Austin by having his match on the main stage as well. Yeah, and then they were celebrating afterwards, and Stone Cold came out, and Austin Theory went after Stone Cold. He ate a stunner, and Steve brought some beers into the ring, and then. Hit a stunner on Vince McMahon, which popped me big time, brother. <laughs> There's a video going around that uh, Mick Foley posted of him Laughing. dying, <laughs> dying at that that stunner, and that was literally how I was reacting as well. Yeah, same so, here. You I know, thought that was so funny. If for anybody to bat, dude, he's 76 years old. He, I don't know if for- he forgot that, like. Steve has to turn first, but like if you get kicked in the gut, that's what your normal, I feel like your reaction would be. Hey, listen, he is four years from 80 years old. Dude, Steve Austin laughing at it during it happening, <laughs> I thought was hilarious. I, yeah, I think but, that that popped everybody, especially because it's Vince McMahon. And the editing that they did on Monday Night Raw was fantastic on that because it doesn't look like how it was at WrestleMania. But. He calls Pat McAfee into the ring to drink with him, and Pat eventually ate a stunner, and Pat just laid on the outside drinking the beer afterwards. I thought that was really funny. So, yeah, nice I... send-off there, if that's a send-off. But 
Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania picked up the victory over Brock Lesnar to become the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. People complained that we've seen this match so many times. And like How many times did we really see it though? Uh Was it just like No, it's a good amount. Was it? Yeah. But they, they even complain like that, like move for move, we've seen this match already. But fans there were so hot for this match. I I was hot for this match, you know. Brock I took his gloves off for this and controlled the start of the match. We saw Brock get speared through the barricade and then ate a spear in the ring as well. Followed up by two Superman punches. I think there were more Superman punches later on in the match, but Roman Reigns, we saw him uh, spear Brock Lesnar into Chad Patton. Hit Brock with a, a low blow in the WWE Championship. You and also then Roman Reigns hit Brock with the spear to his back, very much so like Lashley did to almost. Yeah. I mean, but then I mean, some another spot that I liked in this match was where Roman Reigns went for a spear on him and he reversed it into the Kimura lock. Yeah. And then Roman was complaining about his shoulder being out and then pushed his shoulder back in. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that this match was awesome because honestly you didn't know who was going to win it no i mean i had hopes exactly you had hopes but like both of them have arguments for actually winning it i'm very happy that roman reigns picks up the victory though and then even like the small little thing where commentary didn't catch it at first i saw it right away paul Heyman pushed the rope so roman reigns could grab it out of that to get out of the kimura yeah I thought that was great. And Brock Lesnar picked Roman Reigns up for an F5 and Roman reversed it into a spear. I thought that it was it was great. It was awesome. it was so much fun. And, and then I'm, obviously everyone's waiting for the rock, but that didn't happen. Yeah. For me, so that was wrap up of WrestleMania night two. I was a overall, I was a fan of WrestleMania. I was very satisfied. I, I found it Yeah, I okay, like did we have a few matches that were duds? Yes. But the entertainment factor that you did get out of the matches that were entertaining, it definitely was incredible. And if you watch back on other previous WrestleManias, there's always a few matches in there that you're like, eh. But then it gets overshadowed by how entertaining the other matches were. And these matches were all, for me, entertaining. For the most part. For the most part, yes. For the most part. I think there was more good than bad, though. Yeah, 100%. You know. But let's move on to speak about the night after WrestleMania and head over to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which, by the way, uh, they now have the, the LED barricades that we saw debut at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's true. That was cool. But Cody Rhodes opened... Monday Night Raw, coming out of that platform, because the stage isn't tall enough anymore for them to have it. (laughs) But he said the reason why he returned to WWE, and it was not a difficult choice for him. He showed a photograph of Dusty Rhodes holding the WWE Championship at Madison Square Garden in 1977, and he spoke about how Dusty Rhodes never got to achieve that. Although Dusty Rhodes won that match at Madison Square Garden against superstar Billy Graham, it was via countout. 
So he didn't actually get to win the championship. And he and spoke about I, how that photograph sat by Dusty's bedside until Dusty passed away. Yeah, that entire story uh, about even how he questioned his dad about winning the championship and everything like that. And I thought that everything and how emotional he was during that explanation, that promo where he almost broke down to tears. I, this promo was incredible. It was awesome. And that's why he's back. He wants to win the WWE Championship, something that Dusty Rhodes did not get to do, something that Goldust did not get to do. He wants the WWE Championship. And now he's at that level of success in his career that he can go from another company that's doing really decent to coming to another company that's just beyond worldwide. Yeah. There's no company bigger than WWE. No. And if Cody wants the title that Dusty had in his hands, there's only one way to do that, and it's in WWE. I think that this is... I'm sorry, but for anybody that... If you're a fan of Cody Rhodes in AEW, I don't understand why you're not a fan of him in WWE, especially because his goal is to do what his dad was unable to do to I, by the this. way there was a time in AEW where I was a fan of Cody his last match was great in AEW I is got the, the I started to do some mic work and stuff that I wasn't a fan of <laughs> but uh but yeah and then there's like AEW fans that are like trashing him like oh that segment sucked it's watered down blah blah, blah. it's like no he literally he he said exactly what needed to be said he literally said I'm here because of this. And the only place to get that is there. He gave the explanation. Yeah, and then Seth Rollins came out and shook his hand. Yeah, what else did you need? Code of honor, brother. Yeah, he gave explanation of why he is there, why he did this. That's perfect. First match of the evening saw Team Bad pick up the victory over Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, which to me, it started off slow, but then it turned out to like a, a better match, a good match. There was um, yeah, some miscommunication that led to the end of the match, obviously kayfabe wise. And Rhea Ripley turned her back on Liv Morgan afterwards. And later on, Liv Morgan was looking all over for Rhea Ripley and she finds her and Rhea Ripley's like, I convinced Adam Pierce to give us another title shot next week. So next week, after they lose again, Rhea Ripley, I think, is going to be turning on Liv Morgan. She's I... a rumored stable member of Edge and Damian Priest. No. Rumored. That's cool. That's cool. I was thinking maybe Champa could be go going into that group. I mean, on the other side, what do you think if Raquel Gonzalez joins the group? I don't know. I don't They're... know if they have the same... There is that rumor of her being next to leave NXT. Yeah, I don't see that her being there, though. I do hope to see her Rhea Ripley as a tag team. I don't know. That would be interesting. I don't think that's possible also. Yeah, to have her also join the group and then both of them team up. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had a stable where we've had two dominant female wrestlers um, really in such a prominent role where they could be champions. I don't think we've ever had a stable where we would have something like that, or at least nothing comes to mind. 
I so mean, it'd be interesting. The way have... had tag team champions. Indian Candice, but that's true. But not in the same but not fashion. In this level, like though. two power yeah, not this level. Yeah, no. not exactly. Not like two powerhouses of Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. Like the two real dominant forces on the roster. Yeah, you know. But... After that, Kevin Owens came out. And basically said that he might have made a mistake at WrestleMania. <laughs> I did. I and, did like. I did like the stare down, the quick stare down of KO and Rhea Ripley too. Yeah. But Kevin Owens had so many excuses as to why he lost. He had a bad back. He wasn't a hundred percent. And then music hits, and the the Tron reads Ezekiel, and I'm like Ezekiel Jackson. What? <laughs> I thought for sure Ezekiel Jackson was returning, and out comes a now clean-shaven, not Elias, which Kevin Owens questioned. He's like, where have you been? He's like, I'm not Elias. I'm Elias's younger brother, Ezekiel. And, dude, <laughs> I thought this was hilarious. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. People can trash this all they want. I think it's absolutely hilarious. We'll see how this plays out with Elias being Ezekiel now, his younger brother, um, which he took over his Twitter account too, which I thought was funny. But Kevin Owens ends up telling Ezekiel to leave and he counts to 10, but then he left. So like the ending kind of fell short. But I like that the interactions between Kevin Owens and this character Ezekiel happened because Kevin Owens was a... a an alliance member, I guess, a tag team with Elias. So he knows Elias a little bit. And he's just basically saying, like, I I know who you are. So overall, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed that. And I got worked over because I texted Brandon right away. I'm like, who is this? And that was a legit text. I didn't recognize that it was Elias. Right away, I knew it was Elias. I recognized the gear. I had, that's, his, that's literally they use that that gear is his render for WW2K22. Ah, uh, not in the game, but on the the website. That's what that's that was his gear. That was the gear he was going to be using when they rumored to uh, to s- delay it even further because he looked too much like Macho Man. That's what I heard a rumor too that Vince said that he looked too much like Macho Man. So now he's clean shaven and he's Ezekiel and he's using the gear regardless. <laughs> uh, that's three prowrestlingtees.com slash mark it out. But yeah, no, I was totally working. I had no clue that it was Elias. But then once he started talking, it was so comedic with him and KO. Um, I love this. But next up, you had The Miz pick up the victory over Rey Mysterio. Um, this was a quick match and I expected Miz to lose. Yeah, I expected Logan Paul to uh, play a factor, too. I wonder if we'll see Logan Paul again to uh, even out the odds or even the score, I guess I should say, not the odds. But I mean, he did say that he would return. He would like to return. And you even had Jake Paul on the pre-show. Yeah, uh, really. He, he was playing up. himself. I thought that was funny. Yeah, the fans hated him. And he was pretty much threatening that he was going to get off that commentary table and start fighting some of the fans. Which, yeah. you know, who maybe we'll see the Paul brothers as a tag team at some point. For, you know, you never know. But uh, after this match, Veer returned, and I thought he was coming back as a face to go after Miz. 
But he attacked the Mysterios and he used an interesting, like an arm trapped camel clutch instead of the million dollar arm, which he should be using. But <laughs> um, I mean, don't don't give up hope. He could use it at some point. Yes, we didn't see a match of him yet. Exactly. Exactly. But it's nice that he's finally here again on yeah. Raw. At least I mean, he's been doing main event. Yeah, it's nice to see that he's he's back, and it, I think it's very. I I'm a. I am very intrigued and want to see what's going to happen with this. But next up, you had a really great promo from Bianca Belair. And for those that did not know from the night before the images that she posted, her Mm -hmm. eye was swollen shut. Yeah, from Becky Lynch's, I I guess, maybe Molly Go-Round. Oh, really turn into a Molly go around. Yeah, like, she hit her in her in her eye big time I, with her foot. Yes, that has to be it because I remember I that spoke, not has to. That was it. That was it. Yeah, because once that happened, I turned to Brad, uh, my cousin Brad. I was watching with him and I and Jess and I told him and Jess and I was just like, oh, he, she just got nailed right in the face. So that makes sense that that was that spot. I couldn't even picture. I couldn't figure out when she got kicked in the face, but that. Yeah. Yeah, the molecule around. That was nasty. That that hurt me watching. <laughs> yeah, but Bianca Belair said she's ready to face anybody in the back, and I thought we'd see a new challenger, but that just, that segment ended. Yeah. I mean, night after WrestleMania, I'm not going to lie, Paige. Uh, I, I, did, no. I, I did think that somebody was going to come out. After that, we had the NXT Championship on the line where Braun Breaker picked up the victory over Dolph Ziggler to become the new NXT Champion. Ziggler came out to his new terrible theme. Rude ended up getting involved and Breaker dove onto him. And when he got back into the ring, Ziggler hit the Famouser. Breaker kicked out. And this time when Ziggler went for the super kick. Braun Breaker lifted him up in a press, which Dolph Ziggler did get out of, and he did hit the super kick, but this time Braun Breaker kicked out. And he went for another super kick. Braun Breaker hit a spear, followed up by that press slam, and Ziggler lost the championship. I was very well done, and the crowd was was very behind Braun Breaker here. I was very surprised. And then you were saying apparently a lot of fans on Twitter disagreed with this match. Oh, yeah, because they don't want to see NXT on the main show. Although they mark out. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, we're doing a Raw after WrestleMania. Why is NXT on? They have their show tomorrow? I mean. But you answered your own question. It's literally the night after WrestleMania. Hello. The most eyes are on that. 2.9 2.9 million people or whatever it was watched that match. But also, but they'll I don't know mark what, a, what the 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 ratings for NXT were this week. But they'll mark out for Adam Cole having a match and Champa having a match and they'll mark out for that being on Raw. But you are not okay with this? Give me a break. Come on. I think this week's um this week's NXT was 6 Hundred thousand six hundred thirty-one thousand fans. Wow. Versus two point, I think nine million. There's a reason why they would do it on the night after WrestleMania. Raiden's brother. You get introduced to people like Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker is a hundred percent going to be main eventing WrestleMania one day. Viewership. 
After that, Bobby Lashley came out and uh, MVP introduced him. MVP was missing from WrestleMania. And he spoke about Omos and kind of puts Omos over. And then Omos came out and said he wants a rematch. And MVP jumped Bobby Lashley. The end of the Hurt Business. The actual end of the Hurt Business. Or the beginning of a brand new Hurt Business. Who knows? <laughs> now that MVP is with Omos, sky's the limit. That's um, not a, a tall joke either. <laughs> I am okay with this uh, pairing as well, you know? Yeah. Let's face it. Omos, Omos needs a microphone, 100%. Exactly. Almost needs the microphone. So, hey, why not? Yeah. You know, it works perfectly. After but that, Natalia next up you had Natalia Baszler versus Queen Zelina and Carmella ended up not happening. We saw Zelina Vega blame Carmella for them losing at WrestleMania, and then Carmella took Zelina out of her wedding party, <laughs> and it led to them brawling, and it ended with Corey and Carmella making out like they were Ric Flair and Wendy. Oh uh, yeah, this was just. <laughs> totally in your face yeah you know they were all over each other and um yeah this i don't know keep it for the bedroom <laughs> after that we saw the usos and austin theory team up to defeat rk bro and finn balor to me this match was unnecessary but it got austin theory another victory over finn balor to where austin theory will probably be the next u.s champion but, like, the Usos lost last week via disqualification to RK-Bro. Mm-hmm. They lost to them at Survivor Series. So, is it really going to show who the most dominant team is? Not not really. So, to me, it was a pointless match other than to elevate Austin Theory. Um, after that, though, we saw Edge come out and spoke about how Damian Priest is a lot like him. I popped at the crowd, uh, at him calling the crowd sheep, and then the ch- the crowd was chanting, we are sheep, we are sheep. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. But I also liked how Edge said Damien Priest will be the punishment for the people who are guilty. A little nod to punishment Martinez there. I thought that was nice. Well done. And then Damien Priest said that even though Edge was talking to AJ Styles. It seemed like he was talking to him leading up to WrestleMania. And he's been lost. And now he has Edge to guide him. AJ Styles came out and brawled with them. And AJ Styles tried to set up a concerto. But Damian Priest attacked him. Edge turned it around and went to hit AJ Styles with a concerto. But the official stopped him. I thought we were going to get somebody else leading to to save AJ Styles. But that didn't happen. No, nobody. It was just the officials. Nothing. No Pat Buck, by the way. Buck put in in his reservation, put in his resignation. Yeah. It was pretty cool, though. He got to do what he wanted to do. Yeah, that's for sure. Work on the, the main event of WrestleMania. Kudos to Pat Buck. Yeah, you know, he got to... Do his return, and he leaves on his terms, you know? I'm still disappointed I've... we didn't get to see Nia Jax versus Pat Buck, but uh, maybe, I mean, they both have 
they're both not WWE anymore. This Wrestle Pro, so yeah, Wrestle Pro, Create a Pro. You never know. Maybe that'll be a match. But uh, <laughs> after that, we saw Street Profits pick up the victory over Alpha Academy. They brawled before the match, and Adam Pierce was like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I'm going to make this a Texas Tornado match, which Alpha Academy controlled most of." Otis, we saw get him get a he got a table at one point and went to hit a Vader bomb, but um, Dawkins ends up pushing him off the rope. Uh, Montel Ford went to the top rope and Gable knocked him down, only to have Montez Ford hold on to the rope. Gable jumps off, and just when you think he's safe, we see Dawkins punch him. He lands on the table, and Montez Ford hits that huge. Frog splash through the table to pick up the victory over Chad Gable. I hope awesome. this isn't the end of the Alpha Academy push. I think that Alpha Academy deserves the world. Yeah. And, um, and then after that, but... we saw Roman Reigns come out. Paul Heyman spoke about how this has been the largest grossing everything for WWE, all because of Roman Reigns. Because Roman Reigns is on top, and then he called Roman Reigns the biggest star in sports entertainment. And Reigns spoke about how he's the needle mover, and then said he'll let everybody know the next step on SmackDown. I don't think this was a strong enough segment to close the Raw after WrestleMania. I agree with you. It it did not seem Raw after Mania closure, uh, closure ready. And then this again, people were like, rock, 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 rock. And then nothing happened. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nothing took place with this. But, you know, he is the top dog. He it is. Uh, he is the head of the table. And I thought that it was, you know, I'm not going to complain. You know, but definitely wanted more. But let's head over to some NXT. Kick it off with Braun Breaker. Yeah. Also, by the way. The NXT championship is now like the women's championship with the blue on it. Yeah. I thought it was weird that we didn't get it at, at uh, Stand and Deliver. Uh-huh. Because the women's championship was there. But I guess they wanted to wait for Braun Breaker to win the title back. It's very possible. But yeah, he spoke about his weekend inducting his father and his uncle into the Hall of Fame. Stand and Deliver. And then he said that he will headline WrestleMania one day. And he spoke about winning the championship and, and and Imperium ends up coming out because Gunter wants the title. Breaker accepted it. And that gets set up for the main event. Um, the Creeds also came out to brawl with Imperium during the commercial break, which gets set up into the Creed brothers picking up the victory over Imperium, which was a good match and a win that I think the Creeds needed. But with Eichner leaving Martel, Marcel Bartel alone... I don't think that victory is strong, as strong as it would have been if Eichner had stayed. I understand your perspective. Yeah, it would have been more meaningful. Because they were doing he... it two-on-one at that point. Yeah, yeah. If anything, it places the the breakdown of their tag team over everything else taking place. And then Bartel yelled at Walter uh, Gunter later on, and he's like, "We, I need to focus on Braun Breaker. I don't want to see this be the end of Imperium. 
But who knows? And after this match, the Creeds got attacked. And it was revealed to be pretty deadly from NXT UK. I'm not sure why the names got changed. Yeah. Like Lewis Howley and Sam Stoker I thought were fine, but now it's Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Yeah, I don't understand why they changed them so... Pretty deadly stuck, so I'm happy about that at least. Yeah, at least but they I'm definitely I'm pumped to see more Pretty Deadly. I'm a big fan of theirs. If you haven't checked them out, watch NXT UK. Former tag team champions. Yeah. After that, Cameron Grimes spoke about becoming champion. And he got cut off by Solo Sokoa, who congratulated him. And made some bloodline references here. Speaking about how they've all been champions in their own right. And he challenged him for a match, which Cameron Grimes accepted. Cameron Grimes accepted. I'm very happy about especially because I want to see more of uh, what's going to be happening with that feud. Um, yeah, I think that Sokoa could become champion. We shall see. But after that, we saw Joe Gacy speaking about stuff. And uh, also, Joe Gacy, I couldn't believe they did this at Stand and Deliver, cut a promo on the grassy knoll, <laughs> right where JFK those... was killed. I don't I don't see why that was appropriate. I don't know why they would do that. Yeah, for those that don't know, that's where uh, JFK was assassinated. That was really weird. I don't know. But he spoke, he had another promo here, and it ends, and Draco Anthony was watching this, and Zion Quinn walked into the locker room, and Draco's like, stop telling me what to do. So I'm assuming it's going to lead to a match between him and Zion Quinn. But Joe Gacy spoke later on more like mumbo jumbo, like Joe Gacy stuff. Yeah. Not the last time we see him, though, which we'll definitely, get to. Definitely not. After that, Tiffany Stratton was interviewed and she spoke about Saray costing her, her match last week. So that's going to definitely turn into a rematch somewhere or a match between the two of them. And then we had Index um, n- and Duja, which at Stand and Deliver, they had like a who was a hotter couple thing at Stand and Deliver. I and thought Index this was won. funny. Hey, yeah, I guess it was something to add in there in between. But it led to a pushing and shoving gimmick and now a match on NXT where Duke Hudson versus Dexter Loomis ends in a double countout, which this was kind of goofy. It was goofy, but I kind of expected it to end in a sort of a goofy way where you had Dexter, Loomis, and Hudson both trying to get back into the ring. But then it was a, it was a had, tug of war between Persia and Indy. Yeah, it was a tug of war ending with both of them eating the turnbuckle. Um, and then fall, falling all over each other. Yeah, and they, they couldn't. Uh, it was a double count out. Fans there were not happy. And the fans, by the way, on this week's episode of NXT were almost insufferable. Yeah. This was like 2015 level insufferable, where it's like, we're better than the actual people performing. Yeah. Like where in 2015 they announced they were going to have the biggest NXT show ever, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, and it's going to be taking place in Brooklyn at Barclays Center, and they booed the hell out of Brooklyn. Because we want to be there. We should be there for this. We're better than them. Yeah. After that, Toxic Attraction picked up the victory over Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai to become the new NXT 
women's tag team champions. Yeah, getting redemption from uh, Stand and Deliver. Um, I was definitely surprised about this, but how after this, how do you not see Raquel Gonzalez as a yeah, send-off? 100%. You know, this, this was is, a good match, though. You have the... Like, it was. It was. There was a good the match. one spot um, where where Gigi went for a Hurricane Rana, but it didn't completely work out. But JC Jane was literally like right there to hit a knee, so it it ended up working out regardless. Yeah. But Wendy Chu came out. Mandy Rose ends up jumping her, and that distracted Gigi Dolan. But the referee was also distracted, so JC Jane was able to kick Raquel's leg out, and it, it allowed Toxic Attraction to take advantage. Yeah, hit their double team finisher. And then after that, we saw Dakota Kai trashing the backstage area, looking for Mandy Rose, basically saying she's not safe. So at one point or another, we're going to see Mandy Rose versus Dakota Kai for the NXT Championship. And I really hope Dakota Kai wins the NXT Championship. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it's a perfect, perfect setup for it. But after that, we had Tony D'Angelo with AJ Galante again where uh, it was some sort of ceremony for Tony to become a Don. So now he's the Don of NXT. Not a good segment to me. No, yeah, I agree. Not Still entertaining. I don't fully know who he is, but uh, whatever. It's, it just gives uh, Tony D'Angelo another nickname, the Don of NXT. It gives him some power, perhaps, if you're afraid of the mafia, their mob. Yeah. Uh, after that, Santos Escobar stopped him on the way out, though. And he said, just keep out of my business, keep out of Legato's business, and everything will be fine. Very uh, interesting to go up against uh, somebody who's connected. Yeah, not the best move. But up next, you have MSK backstage. with It sets up Sanga and Grayson Waller. For a tag title shot next week, MSK was stripped of the titles. Nash Carter was released from WWE. And we're still going to have a tag title match next week. And uh, we just don't know who's in it. After that, Nikita Lyons picked up the victory over Lash Legend. And I really liked that commentary mentioned Lash Legend's NCAA basketball and WNBA background. I think that's very good on them for mentioning that. And it was good back and forth between the two of them. I um, watching this match and hearing commentary, I wondered if this could turn into like a bar situation. What do you mean? Where it's like we're both alpha females. Oh, and then they team up. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a possibility. Yeah, we can. I could see it happening. I mean, it puts both of them right into a. Uh, a feud scene with other people and it keeps them together. Yeah. So why not? After that, we saw Kushida where they had a video package of Kushida and Von Wagner and Ikem and Jiro. And Kushida just challenged Von Wagner to a match probably next week. But the main event of NXT saw Braun Breaker pick up the victory over Gunter to retain the NXT championship. Hard-hitting match, which is exactly what you would have expected from these two. There were a few moments that had me actually think Breaker was about to lose. I mean, with... I mean, it was a solid match, but with Walter losing, do you think that we'll see him get the call? 
He's a. It's rumored that him and Martel will be uh, Marcel Bartel will be be called up. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going to be going on with Eichner. I don't want him to be like gone because Eichner, I think, is a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, it would be very interesting to see what they end up doing with him. Yeah, but, but... Breaker hit that press slam, picked up the victory, and afterwards, Rick Steiner appears on the screen and congratulates him, and then it pans out and he's locked in a cage and tied up. And Joe Gacy is there with Harland. They kidnap Rick Steiner, the dog-faced gremlin. Newly inducted Hall of Fame. Dog-faced gremlin in a dog kennel. I'm wondering if we will see Rick Steiner in a shark cage. (laughs) And we will see Brom Breaker versus Joe Gacy for the release of Rick Steiner. I hope we don't get that. Why not? We're going to see uh, Joe Gacy versus Braun Breaker anyway. Why so, not have Rick Steiner sit out there in the shark cage? How is he going to get put in the shark cage out there? Well, like, they'll obviously like, have him go in it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm not, know. Uh, We've seen stuff like that in the past. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, not like that, but. I bought big time for Rick Steiner being there. (laughs) (laughs) But that is NXT moving over to NXT UK. It kicked off with Primate picking up the victory over Wild Boar. Eddie Dennis ends up hitting Boar with a chain behind the referee's back. And that led to the victory. And after the match, Symbiosis jumped. Wild Boar continued the attack. And Mark Andrews made the save with a chair. I don't know what's going on with subculture. We haven't seen Flash Morgan Webster in a bit. Um, but that Mark Andrews has also not been there in, in a while. So we'll see what happens with that. After that, Charlie Dempsey picked up the victory over Wolfgang, which I thought was a really good match. Wolfgang, though, got distracted by an eye on the Tron, which was for Tio Man, part of De Familia, with Charlie Dempsey. And then Dempsey took advantage of that. Later on, Wolfgang uh, pissed off, perhaps, questioned Gallus where they were to back him up because Dempsey certainly had backup. But they just apologized, and Wolfgang went into the locker room upset. After that, Miko Satamora spoke to Isla Dawn, inviting inviting her to the ring next week to uh, speak face-to-face. Last we saw, Isla Dawn took her championship, and said that Miko has something she wants. So we'll see what that is next week. After that, Zaya Brookside basically just introducing everybody to Eliza Alexander. And Eliza said that she is there to back up Zaya Brookside, but she's also there for herself. And she's going to be having her debut match next week. We had a segment with Sid Scala, Oliver Carter, Ashton Smith, and Mustache Mountain with the Tag Team Championships where both teams were arguing and they're going to get another shot at the, at the titles. It'll happen in two weeks. It'll be a two out of three falls match. So that should be fun to, to look out for. And then the main event of this show, we saw Ilya Dragunov defeat Roderick Strong to retain the NXT UK championship. A pretty lengthy match, maybe like uh, 18 minutes or so. But this was a really good match. Very hard hitting, very technical. How it didn't happen at Stand and Deliver is beyond me. 
We also really don't know why Roderick Strong was randomly in the UK, but I'm glad we got this match because it was very good. One of the better matches from this week. But that's NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. Ronda Rousey spoke about tapping Charlotte Flair out at WrestleMania, uh, but she didn't tap her out when it counted. And she wants a rematch with Charlotte, an I Quit match at WrestleMania Backlash, which Charlotte appeared on the screen, laughed at her, and said no. And Rousey guaranteed that the match will happen and that Charlotte Flair will tap out. For me, this is something that should have happened at WrestleMania, an I Quit match. That would have made that match more exciting, perhaps. First match of SmackDown saw Xavier Woods pick up the victory over Butch. New Day, uh, before the match, said that the records have reset now because this is a start of a brand new season since WrestleMania just passed. The match I thought was good. Woods hit a quick roll-up to pick up the victory eventually, but afterwards, Butch got pissed off and pushed Sheamus and Ridge Holland and then sat up on the top turnbuckle like a little child. I don't... (laughs) I don't necessarily get that, but after that... Ludwig Kaiser, we just spoke about him in NXT, Marcel Bartel, is now not Marcel Bartel, and he introduced Gunter, Uh, and it's, I mean, that's not even something I could pop for instantly, because the name change, and then Gunter went on to defeat Joe Alonzo, absolutely destroying him, obviously, so... All in all, it's, I mean, I'm happy that they're on the the main roster. A lot of people were like, where's Fabian Eichner? He left. They left. We saw it. We saw it on on NXT. They're no longer together. After that, Raquel Gonzalez gets introduced backstage as Raquel Rodriguez now. And she got cut off by Los Lotharios, who offered up a kiss and she turned them down. That's that's not a strong debut for Raquel Rodriguez, in my opinion. After that, we saw Happy Talk where Happy Corbin blamed his loss at WrestleMania on Madcap, which is kind of rightfully so. And then the crowd kind of got behind Moss here. And Corbin made him tell a few jokes, and his last joke was about Corbin treating him like garbage. And then Madcap uh, got attacked by Corbin. But he came out on top. So cool that they're going to build up Riddick Moss, Madcap Moss. I don't know if they're going to change his name from Madcap now. We'll see. After that, Jitter Mahal was backstage yelling at Adam Pearce because he wants a match with Ricochet. He wants the Intercontinental Championship. And Pearce was like, I can't just do that. And Ronda Rousey cuts him off, that ends Jinder Mahal's segment, and Adam Pierce couldn't give her an answer about a match it'll be on Saturday earlier in the night though, we saw Sami Zayn also yelling at Adam Pierce for what happened at Wrestlemania and he said that the next person who walked through the locker room door he wants a match with it just happened to be Drew McIntyre, and he tried to get out of that and be like, no, 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 it's the next guy the next guy, he just wants his respect back but Pierce made the match. McIntyre picked up the victory over Sami Zayn via countout. 
because we saw Sami Zayn leave the ring and he kept doing that. McIntyre went after him and basically controlled the whole match. And at one point, Sammy left and McIntyre carried him back down to the ring. And when McIntyre went for a Claymore, Sami Zayn ran through the crowd. So I enjoyed that segment. After that, Lacey Evans had a video uh, live promo. I don't even know what it was backstage. She spoke about her rough upbringing and mental, uh, mental health and physical abuse. And at one point she started laughing, which makes me question if they filmed that live. And if they did, why wouldn't they have pre-taped it? But it looks like she's going to be a uh, face now on SmackDown. So, and have segments like these every week. I'm happy that we'll see more people. Hopefully we'll see people like Zia, Zia Lee and Aaliyah back. Shotzi? Main event to SmackDown saw Liv Morgan pick up the victory over Sasha Banks. Um, Beforehand, Liv Morgan was interviewed about being on SmackDown when she's a Raw superstar. And she basically just said that she wants the momentum going into Monday Night Raw. And I thought it was a decent match. Liv Morgan went for the Oblivion pretty uh, early on in the match. But Sasha Banks reversed it with a backstabber. And uh, later on, Sasha Banks hit a uh, suplex off the middle rope. And Liv Morgan held on to pin Sasha Banks. So I'm I'm happy that Liv Morgan got the momentum going into Monday Night Raw for their tag team championship match. But I still 100% think Rhea Ripley is going to be hurting everybody and <laughs> turning on Liv Morgan on Monday. After that, the bloodline came out. Roman Reigns said that He doesn't think he can do much more in WWE. He has everything. He's done it all. But the Usos don't have enough titles. So he wants them to go to Monday Night Raw, win the Raw Tag Team Championships from RK-Bro. And then Shinsuke Nakamura came out. And Roman Reigns cut him off before he went to speak, hugged him, and then the Usos hit Nakamura with super kicks. And I could swear at the beginning of the show they said Brock Lesnar was going to be there, but maybe they didn't say that. Um, I, I don't know how to feel with this title unification thing. It could be good, it could be bad. I, I mean, WWE has a very limited amount of tag teams as is, so hopefully they get used correctly. But that's SmackDown. Going to take a quick little break, and I'll be back with Chris right here on Marking Out. This is Matt Hardy, the man who is stronger than death, and you are currently listening to Marking Out. Adrenaline in my soul. Brandon can't stand Cody Rhodes since he came back to WWE. He'd rather have him as Stardust. Thinks his signing's a total bust. And now he'll go complain on social media. Because marking out is an AEW hating Twitter account. Go! He's got to tweet away. He's got to tweet away. He's the IWC. <laughs> That's it. Welcome to Marking Out, episode uh, 583. Chris here. I spent nights, nights just thinking about that. What'd you think, Brandon? I think uh, bravo, but the lyrics are a little incorrect. 
Why is it, why is it incorrect? I'm a big fan of Cody. What are you talking about? I just didn't like... have Stardust. Come on. I would 100% rather have Stardust. There we go. But I'm not... But I'm not... I, I do not dislike Cody Rhodes. I just dislike the AEW uh, presentation of Cody Rhodes. The AD, well, it's the, now the WWE presentation of Cody yeah. Rhodes. Bravo. So, so anyway. I hope people uh, appreciate that song. That you I hope did. people hear it is the question. I'm going to tweet it to Downstate. At Chris Wingard saying. <laughs> I'm going to cut that, put that tweet on TikTok, and put it to Downstate. <laughs> Whoa, look at you. TikTok. Yeah, that's still a thing now. So, yeah, Chris here. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Um What's uh what's going on? Not much. How was your week? Uh, week. Lacrosse, lacrosse. That's Lax. it. Yeah. <laughs> lacrosse, and then and then you won't hear from me for two weeks on the show, so you'll probably won't hear any AEW talk for the next two weeks. You will. It'll just be a little bit more skewed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> extremely hard left, hard left. But uh, yeah, we had a crazy, crazy week in professional wrestling. This I know I'm not gonna go over. Every single show. We don't have to hear, oh, yeah, and this happened on Joey Janela's Spring Break. If you want, like, I want to talk about what was the biggest match of, I mean, the biggest event of the weekend, which was Ring of Honor Supercard. Um, you can kind of say this is the, you know how, like, Double or Nothing had that first event in Vegas before they got their, like, TV deal and stuff like that? I feel like Ring of Honor Supercard from this past WrestleMania weekend was kind of the equivalent of that. Because you had new champions left and right. Um, you had new people debut in it. Like, a couple weeks ago in AEW programming, FTR fired uh, Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard was in Ring of Honor. He was there with Brian Cage. He was there with the, the quote-unquote Gates of Agony, Casper uh, Call, and Tioa Le- Leona. Sorry, I'm terrible with pronouncing names. Um, and you saw a bunch of new champions they did crown an intermittent roh women's world champion which tony khan said hey listen we'd love to have diana perrazzo on the show but unfortunately you know she's was booked somewhere else so we couldn't do that it's so weird they had a mer- she wasn't booked at the same time but but like you know maybe she had she's contractually obligated to impact wrestling and i know like the briscoes went right from the match they had to impact to face the good brothers but maybe they're like, hey, listen, we don't want you. You're our, you're a contract to us, and we don't want you getting hurt in this match beforehand when you have to go defend it right after this. Yeah, they they caught some heat after this show. Who? Like, uh, Ring of Honor, because they posted their, uh, they changed their, their banner header on Twitter. Okay. And it didn't include Deanna Perrazzo, and it because... didn't include The Righteous. Well, the Maybe they're getting rid of the six-man uh, tag team champion. Also, too, the Righteous now are in Impact, and they're Honor No More. Right. I don't know how that's going to work. They're still currently the tag team champions there, the trios tag team champions. So Maybe, maybe they're dropping the trios tag team Or six-man tag team champions, whatever they call but them. But regardless of them flacking heat from a bunch of losers on the internet, um, this was a great card. I mean, you crowned, as I said, you crowned an interim ROH Women's World Champion with Mercedes Martinez picking up the victory over Will Nightingale. In what people are calling the match of the year, and a match that is in the forefront of now tag team wrestling, you had FTR defeat the Briscoes in what was a almost 30-minute match for the ROH Tag Team Championships. FTR, you know, we're four months into the year. You want to talk about tag team of the year? I think it's them. 
Triple R Tag Team Champions, ROH World Championships. Maybe by the end of the year, they'll have the AEW Tag Team Championships. Um, and what was a, a surprising turn of events for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, Minoru Suzuki is now your <laughs> ROH World Television Champion, defeating Red Titus, which I love. I think it's great. Because it's maybe now, we'll, you know, once... Ring of Honor really rebrands itself, gets some sort of deal, and is you know has a weekly or maybe you know bi-weekly program. We'll see Minoru Suzuki a lot more on TV, which we'll I think see. is great. Yeah. Wheeler Yuta picking up the victory over Josh Woods. He's now the pure champion, which plays into the whole Blackpool Combat Club thing. Like he's he's got to go out and prove himself to Regal and Brian Danielson and John Moxley. What a better way to do it than being the ROH Pure Championship. Um, and you have Jonathan Gresham become the undisputed ROH world champion, picking up the victory with, over Bandito with uh, Chavo Guerrero in his quarter. I know there was some, you know, there was some internet buzz saying that, you know, oh, Chavo Guerrero is not even on the AEW roster list anymore. Well, he was at a roster. Uh, he was on a he was on Ring of Honor program, which is now owned by AEW. So, which people Maybe. were annoyed with this Chavo of Guerrero course. pairing also because it's like why because he, they. They paired him with Andrade and it did nothing, and then they paired him with Pantino and it's like the same exact thing. Hey, maybe it's the kiss of death. Mm. You never know. But I think, like, out of all, like, I, I saw clips here and there of the FTR Briscoe match. You know, Wheeler, Yuta, I know, and Josh Woods, I know, are great technical style wrestlers. So this is a, a good way, especially, as I said, you know, two minutes ago, with how du- AEW had double or nothing. Before, you know, they got TV and before they really started getting going. Maybe this is the same thing for Ring of Honor. You kind of get all your champions, you know, in a line, have a bunch of really awesome champions here. And then next step is, you know, I know you said, oh, yeah, we're not looking forward to anything. A couple weeks when we talked about Ring of Honor with you, you said, oh, yeah, I'm not, you know, it, it's just uh, they purchased it. That's it. Right. But now this is kind of the first step forward. But they're, in it. right now, there's nothing set for the future, right? There, as of right now, I don't know. Maybe for Double or Nothing weekend, they'll post a Ring of Honor. They'll make a Ring of Honor show somewhere in Vegas. Hmm. You know, half of the, half of that roster is going to be there anyway. Right. So we'll see where Ring of Honor goes from there. But that I think was maybe one of the most talked about events over WrestleMania weekends, and also Sean Rush Sapp being in that giant uh, multi-man match at Joey Janela Spring Break. Yeah. And so <laughs> hey, listen, good for him. He's putting out a lot. One of the critics trying to be one of the boys. So, um, best to him. But let's go back. You know, Ring of Honor ran against itself because AEW had Rampage that night. <laughs> yes, I know. It was taped. But still, great hour of television. You start off with the Young Bucks defeating Top Flight, a rematch that was 16 months in the making. Um, you got your spots. You know, it was a, a, spot, a spot monkey car crash match. Bucks pick up the victory at the BTE trigger. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, a whole month went by since we've seen Top Flight, so it was definitely good to see them again. And, uh, like, Darius returned at the beginning of March, and then Dante had that title match against Paige, so we just haven't seen them. So, Mm -hmm. again, it was was good to see them back, and Darius was the one that lost the match for them, so I wonder if they're going to do, I was more successful while you weren't here. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. See, but after this, you have an in-ring uh, promo with the uh, American top team, Oli Go, Ethan Page, Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky, uh, and just continuing this Ty Conti, uh, Sammy Guevara feud, and Sammy and Ty uh, destroyed a, a BMW and sprayed B-Mad on it. 
You know that um, where that BMW was parked, it reminded me of like parking a few blocks away from uh, City Field. Okay, where it's like kind of sketchy. <laughs> okay, yeah, but. Uh, there was one point when Sammy Guevara was on top of the windshield and it looked like he almost slipped down and my heart was like, <gasps> because it's like that windshield was cracked open. I got worried for a second. So luckily yeah. nothing uh, so, happened well, speaking there. Of, sp- speaking of City Field, it is baseball season now. Yes, opening so, day took place. Yeah, it was great. Cubs got a great win. Mets got a, a good win also over the Nationals. So, uh... How about the Yankees? The Yankees game got rained out, rained and it out. starts yeah, big rain out, and uh, it starts at one oh five today. Mm. So, uh, and it's a beautiful day here in New York today. So I'm going to watch them. Uh, it's a beautiful don't have day to film here any in New York. It is. So um, I'm going to film some stuff uh, tomorrow. Speaking no, of I'm, New I'm, York, I'm going to watch some baseball today. Speaking of New York, after that we had a, a video for, I think we had a video for Hook, and then he was interviewed by. Tony Schiavone and Danhausen cut it off almost immediately, and he tried to do great. some evil on Hook, and Hook just walked off. It didn't. He tried to him. curse him. Is that a curse? Him. And I liked. I loved how Danhausen started getting all angry about it, and he's just like, he's like, all right, let me try this again. Pow! Like, what? What the hell was that? It was. It was so funny. It was so good. And it. it yes, Hook is a serious wrestler. We don't get. You really don't get a lot out of him, but it was very cool. It adds a different dynamic to him instead of going to the ring, beating people up, and walking back. Now he's working like a kind of a you could say kind of a comedy type role with him and Danhausen, but he's being the same thing. It could be like a microcosm of Team Hell No. Not really. <laughs> and then, but. well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I see Hook and Danhausen teaming up, but maybe That'd we'll see Hookhausen in the future. Hookhausen. Next up, you have Trio's action with the House of Black picking up the victory over the Dark Order's evil unknown Stu Grayson and Fuego Adele Soul. Um, I love Jericho on commentary. It's like Stu Grayson, one of the almost underrated wrestl- wrestlers in AEW. Um, and yeah, the like, House of Black picks up the victory. I like the ending. Fuego went for the, the springboard and Malachi yes. Black caught him with the black mask to pick up the victory. That's timing, brother. Is what that is. Uh, after this, you have the Young Bucks backstage. They accept FTR's challenge next week on Dynamite Bucks versus FTR two. But then Which, after this, I mean, then got turned into title, like Ring of Honor got added to that after the fact. Yes, yes, it did. Uh, but after this, you have another qualifier for the Owen Hart Foundation's Women's Tournament as Jamie Hader picks up the victory over Sky Blue. Um, Jamie Hader, man. I've said it recently on this podcast. What a talent she is. I think Sky Blue's talented also, though. Yeah, I think, very good. I think this was a good match, I think, uh, or an okay match. There were definitely some spots. But uh, this definitely helps Jamie Hayter be built up more. And I think she definitely needs to be built up more because we've seen her just with She's been the muscle. Baker, yeah, for, for months now. And we haven't really seen her get put up to that next level yet. Yes, and I think it's now time. And they mentioned it on commentary, too. They said, Britt Baker isn't here anymore. She's boycotting AEW until they come back to Pittsburgh. So maybe that's when we'll see Britt Baker next. Yeah. Give her, give her absence makes the heart grow fonder. And also, too, it also helps when you book somebody uh, to come back in their hometown. When? I don't even know when that is. I forget, but you know they're always in uh, Chicago, Chicago and Texas, right? April twentieth. Yeah, it's okay. really. It seems like that. Well, you know what? Also, too, 
they're, the only reason why they're in Texas so much is because I'm assuming when they booked it, Texas what didn't have that many restrictions when it came to a lot of people in an area, social distancing, vaccination cards, all that stuff. So they were able to kind of put those things on the schedule early to get out and tour more. Yeah. That's so, my assumption. I could be completely wrong. But. So April 20th, uh, Pittsburgh, Britsburg. Pittsburgh. All right. Uh, where am I going to be? Oh, I'm going to be uh, poolside at Beach Club that day, sitting by a cabana drinking a, a fruity drink with a uh, fruit in it. Can't wait. <laughs> a fruity awesome. drink with chocolate. Yeah. Hey, listen, fruity drinks with chocolate work. Chocolate covered cherries. You know, that's a thing. Uh, but you're, oh, we have to talk about Chris Dadlander, too, because they had a little promo for her also. And Chris Dadlander's now on the other side. So. Uh, different side to Chris Dadlander we've seen recently. Uh, nice little promo package, kind of making some explanations, but, uh, you know. Uh, we also, I'm, I'm, what? I was going to say, we also saw a promo for with Penta. Yes, which just said the Death Triangle's still there. Cool. And he, he warned the House of Black, and then I, I don't know if, if I picked up on it wrong, but I did he threaten them to stay away from Fuego? I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention to that. I just saw evil. Like, to me, I don't know if that... If that's what it meant, and if it did, I don't understand the connection there. But we'll see. Yeah. Yep. Main event saw Keith Lee pick up the victory over Powerhouse Hobbs. Big Definitely, boy battle here. Yeah, showcase both of them being strong. Yeah. Towards the end of the match, Ricky Starks left commentary, grabbed a chair, and went to hit Keith Lee with it. And Lee swatted the the chair out of his hands and Swerve came out to attack Ricky Starks and then Hobbs landed his finisher, but the referee was still outside dealing with Team Taz and, uh, or dealing, yeah, I mean, Taz was down there also and Keith Lee hit ground zero, picked up the victory there. And then we saw... That's what it's called? I, I, if it's not called that anymore, I don't know, but that's what it was in WWE. But uh, Ricky Starks ended up hitting Swerve with a chair, put him through a table, then went after Keith Lee, and Keith Lee got out of it, but Hobbs hit Keith Lee, and they ended up putting him through a table, too. Yeah. So, great hour of action on AEW Dynamite this week. Let's pop over to Wednesday, and we are in the sold-out Aganis Arena in Boston, Massachusetts. I wonder if it's time for them to maybe look at the, the garden. Do you think they're allowed to run the garden is the question. I, I don't know. T, 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 what, TD Garden, whatever yeah. it's called. Do you think maybe TD Garden has like some sort of you know brother deal with... Uh, it's definitely possible, but I don't know. New York brother. But you start the show off hot. Christian Cage and Adam Cole. Adam Cole picking up the victory. This was the first ever match between these two guys, and it did not disappoint at all. Yeah, fans were super hot for this. The fans were super not hot all night long. Christian reversed a bunch of Adam Cole's moves. Yeah. Hit a spear, and then we saw Adam Cole poke Christian in the eyes, and he hit the last shot and picked up the victory. I liked after this match, too, you saw Christian, Christian, the true professional that he is, still selling the eye poke. Hmm. And then uh, we saw Red Dragon come out, attack Christian, which Jurassic Express made the save. Adam Page came out, and Adam Cole's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not fighting until the title's on the line. And Page gave him a title shot. Yeah. Next week on a live Rampage, it's not going to be taped. 
in Texas, and we're getting another Texas death match. Um, I'm about it. I mean, I understand people are like, oh, that's so many, too many Texas death matches. But it also was literally too, like four or five weeks ago, it seems but, like. Yeah, but it's a different, this is going to be a different style Texas death match than the, the Lance Archer one. Lance Archer, he was throwing Hangman Page around. Do you think Adam Cole could throw Hangman Page around? No. There's going to be a different psychology. Yes, I know it's a te- Texas me- death match. You can you know, berate me all you want. What are you talking about psychology? It's the same thing. But this is going to be smaller guys and not big men throwing people around. Well, we also had Jurassic Express cut a promo later on about Red Dragon and said that they're not good enough to challenge them for the tag team titles, so they'll challenge them for the tag team titles. <laughs> yeah, I, which I find goofy, but, you know, yeah, well. in itself. <laughs> but, yeah, next. so that's going to be a title match next week. I hope both – I mean, I don't see it happening, but I would hope for Red Dragon to win the titles. I hope for Adam Page to win the uh, – Adam Cole to win the ta- uh, tag team titles, the AEW Championship. Yeah. By the way – have you ever heard of them referred to the AEW roster as AEW superstars before? No. When they aired that, that Battle of the Belts commercial and called okay. them AEW superstars. I was like, I feel like I've never heard them say that before. I've been calling I them AEW superstars, but I don't, I don't know what else to call I don't them. pay attention half the time, so it's like... I thought know. that was like, wait a minute. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the tag, t- tag team division... Red Dragon isn't even listed in the top five. Now, well, your number so that, one. That, I guess, what that's what Jurassic Express meant, Jungle Boy meant, when it's like they're not good enough to challenge them. So, yeah. like, we obviously want to fight you guys. I don't know why the titles need to be on the line for that, but. Because they want to show their fighting champions. Come on. Yeah, well. Hey, we'll beat you guys, and we'll beat you guys, and we'll put the titles in the line. And we'll keep our titles, so you can't say anything. But right now, you're like, your top five teams are FTR, Dark Order, Top Flight, Gun Club, and The Acclaimed. How <laughs> was pro- Top Flight in the top five? They just this lost was, the this was This was bef- this was made on April 6th. Oh. So this was right before Dynamite this week. So it's probably changed now. I mean, FTR should be the number one. Maybe FTR won the tag team titles. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Well, no, keep... because I want Red Dragon as champions right now. I know, but I think... I, I mean, like... you got two super hot teams right now. I mean, no, I can't say Red Dragon's super hot, but given the fact that he's in the Undisputed Elite, which I don't think they mentioned this week at all, but given that they're all together, the three of them, I would like to see them be champions over FTR. Yeah, true. But after that, we had Samoa Joe pick up the victory over Max Caster to advance. How do you, like, gloss over this? Like, oh, yeah, okay, this match happened. Samoa Joe making his in-ring debut on AEW. I forgot to mention it because after the main event at Ring of Honor Supercard, Samoa Joe debuts. Later that night, Samoa Joe is all elite. What an outstanding signing for AEW because you could throw Samoa Joe in the ROH World Title Division. You could throw him in the World Title Division AEW. I thought he, this match too, and I'm loving the fact at the opportunities that they're giving Max Caster. Was it last week against CM Punk? This week against Samoa Joe? And he sh- his raps are fantastic, by the way. Um, and, his, and he looked great against Samoa Joe, who looked fantastic as well. Definitely a uh, predictable outcome here, but uh, yes. very, very big opportunity for Max Caster. Yes. Loved and it. The uh, timeline, Twitter timeline went nuts that Samoa Joe used the muscle buster 
and uh, completely forgot that he used it in his final match in WWE. And I love that Max Caster had to tweet out, yes, everybody, I'm okay. Yeah, I saw that. Because prior to that, it was Samoa Joe's going to kill you, and he's like, Samoa Joe will not kill me. Yes. Uh, but after the match, you have Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt get on the big screen, send a message to Samoa Joe. He said for the past four months, he's trying to call him. Uh, and he said next week in New Orleans, he's going to give Sol- Samoa Joe a gift he'll never forget. So we're going to have a Jay Lethal uh, Samoa Joe match going uh, back reminiscent to TNA, going re- reminiscent to ROH next week in New Orleans. What is the gift? Maybe. Though? Maybe it's the gift of fighting. Kevin Nash. A battle of a lost, a lost, a loss. I should say. Uh, but next, after this, you have the captain, Sean Dean, returning to AEW Dynamite, picking up the victory over Sean Spears with the help of Wardlow. Wardlow making his way out to the ring again. You could, I, I know what you're going to say WCW-wise, but when they cut the cameras, and I was I was trying to really pay attention this week to like certain things, like, you know, that you would, Brandonisms that would happen here. Sean Dean was out in the ring. He hit. I think he was about to hit C four. Well, he was yeah. out laying in the Spears, ring, and then they Spears cut hit that tiebreaker, and then yeah. picked him up and went to hit that C four. And because they played that backstage video of Wardlow, he dropped him. That was it. Yeah. So Wardlow comes out to the ring, wipes out security, and then Sean Dean rolls up Spears for the win. So I like, I like this spot. I liked this. I the I like the outcome of this match just because it keeps Wardlow. Relevant, it keeps him strong, and he's getting he's playing mind games now with MJF. He's playing mind games now with Sean Spears. I just don't like them pausing the match. But at this point, storyline wise, why is Wardlow not getting fined, suspended, or arrested? Like he <laughs> like he doesn't work for AEW. Maybe he secretly does. So even then Maybe like, he does. He's attacking security and stuff. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. But you're gonna have to you're gonna have to ask TK about that. We also had a uh, a segment backstage with the Blackpool Combat Club where it was a, a plug for Rampage, but Brian Danielson is going to be facing Trent and Wheeler awesome. Yuta is going to be facing what? Moxley. What uh, Rampage we get this week? Did you see pictures? I have not seen anything. I don't know how the outcome of that happens, but. Uh... We'll see, but uh, later on in the night, best friends replied, and Chuck spoke to Wheeler Yuta about getting him into AEW. They're like, we brought you in. Like, you could get to the next level with us, and Trent's like, I hate you still. So, we'll see what happens with <laughs> we that. We get Rampage, we get Moxley versus Yuta, Brian Danielson versus Trent Beretta, Swerve Strickland versus QT Marshall, and you get your wish, Brandon, Willow Nightingale against Red Velvet. Yeah, but I... I already have a feeling we know the outcome of that. I, well, you probably already saw the spoilers. So. Oh, I did not. Does Willow Nightingale lose? I don't know. I, I don't pay attention to the Rampage spoilers. I'm going to have another. Oh, wait. Rampage is live, isn't it? Or is that next week? No, it was. That's next week. Oh, so I'm going to have to look and see. But I assume no, that. Uh, don't don't do that. Uh, but also we saw. I forgot what attached to that other segment. MJF. He was interviewed with Sean Spears later on, and MJF said that there's going to be more security guards next week and challenged Sean Dean to a match. I hope he. I hope Sean Dean wins. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we also but, have yeah. that backstage footage of Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz jumping 
the, the Jericho. Jericho Appreciation Society from earlier in the night where they escaped out into a car. But cut to present time, Eddie Kingston and company came out to the ring and challenged the Jericho Appreciation Society to a match. Cool. So next week in New Orleans, we get the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana. But the biggest, the biggest story out of this entire segment, bro, is, bro, <laughs> is Eddie Kingston wearing a Kenny Powers jersey? I did that big time. That was I so went funny. nuts. I didn't care what happened. I was like, yo, I'm like Eddie Kingston rules. I thought that was so funny. It was so good. Um, but after this, you have an Jade. on Jade, uh, an on the stage promo from Jade Cargill, looking like a million bucks. Coming out, talking about her baddie section. You see all these beautiful women. That I thought it was legit you. And then, oh, come like the- on. <laughs> I, I was going to, as a joke, uh, tweet her. Be like, can I be in the baddie section? But then I feel like she might pick me. <laughs> do it. No, do it I don't want to be Islands. in the baddie section. No, that, pick, right. that, that, that shot of you sitting on the lounge chair outside. That's exactly what I was going to put. Please. <laughs> Please, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm working that day, but if you get tickets, I will go with you. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I'm I'm the, I'm the videographer that uh, got that uh, great shot. Jay, oh listen, God. smart Mark, let's go drink some uh, IPAs together. Let's go. Come on. It, UBS is attached to a bar. I know it is. I know, but I want. Yeah. But um, yeah, Jade's tired of all the MMA losers. So. Yeah. Do you so, think she's gonna lose to Marina Shafir? Maybe by disqualification. Jessamine Duke shows up. Horsewomen I don't know because, they, because it, that's silly because they've been kind of hyping up Marina Shafir a lot. And I'm talking in a really high-pitched voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Next up, tables match. Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy pick over the, the victory over the Butcher and the Blade. Mark out. I know this isn't the mark out moment of the week section, but the Butcher wearing a Converge shirt in Boston was the coolest thing in the world. For me, Converge, one of my favorite bands. Every time I die, rest in peace. One of my favorite bands. Wrestling, one of my favorite things. So cool. Rachel walks in and goes, "What are you going nuts about?" I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, look, I'm like Andy's wearing a Converge shirt." <laughs> and then she, it was funny because she was sitting like, I was watching AW in the living room. She's sitting there. She's like, "How old are the Hardys?" I'm like, "They're mid 40s Like, and he's still putting face paint on. She's like, "That's outstanding." So this, uh, um, this brutal match here. This match was sad. Why was it sad? Well, first of all, it started off very confusing because... So, Matt Hardy took to Twitter and explained the rules of this match and said it was the same as their Royal Rumble match. But commentary was like, this is an elimination match. If you go through a table, you're out. Okay. So, first we had But that. you have to go through a table offensively. Yeah, right. But regardless, you go through a table, you're out. But, uh... That one part where where Jeff Hardy was up on the top rope and then like Blade took forever to to push him off the top rope. And then Jeff, it didn't even look like he went through the table, but the table apparently broke. Yeah, like buckled underneath him. Like the legs gave out. Yeah, and then Matt Hardy, obviously he puts the, he hits the leg drop to Butcher to go through the table. But instead of, Jeff Hardy, if I'm not mistaken, Jeff Hardy, after he went through the table, went to the back. He was out of the match. And then Matt put Butcher through the table, and instead of going to the back, he stayed out ringside and helped Blade out. They they suplexed Matt Hardy off the barricade, and then at the Ooh. very last second, we see Jeff Hardy pops back up, move the table. And then yeah. Jeff Hardy, even though, according to commentary, he was eliminated 
climb to the top of the ladder, hit the swanton, put blade through it, and and won the match. Okay. Yeah. For me, like I'm a huge Hardy Boys fan. This match reminded me of DX versus Brothers of Destruction from Crown Jewel. Wow. <laughs> I really hate saying that. I but agree. this it like this match left a very very bad taste in my mouth. All right, so then next week you'll get a you know you'll get a chairs match and it'll be it'll be rectified. But we saw afterwards AFO came out and then Sting also came out and took Private Party out with a baseball bat. So maybe we're going to see some sort of trios match between the Hardys and Sting versus the AFO. Yeah. So, and then they they hyped up Jamie Hader and Tony Storm being the two females right now in the Owen Hart Cup. Do you think they're going one on one? I honestly don't even people are like oh my god i need to see this match i'm like i, I think that'd be a kick-ass match i want to see tony storm versus hikaru shida and speaking of hikaru shida she picked up the victory in a owen hart foundation women's tournament match against julia hart so nice uh nice spotlight for uh julia hart here julia uh, getting some more storyline added finally absolutely well now it's getting added on to aew uh, dynamite she kicked uh, Hikaru Shida before the match, and she choked her with the varsity the varsity jacket, and then kicked the varsity blondes to the back. Yeah, so making herself her own woman. Then we but, saw Hikaru Shida elbow the absolute hell out of Julia's neck, and I could swear to God Julia tapped out, but the match kept going, and then she gouged Shida's eyes uh, in front of the referee, yeah. and then Shida was able to hit the uh, Falcon Arrow eventually to pick up the victory. Yeah, and then afterwards, Serena Deeb making her way down, trying to ambush Sheeta with a steel chair, but Sheeta turned around in time and held up a kendo stick, and Serena Deeb walked away. So yeah, I, I'm assuming, like, at some point in this Owen Hart women's tournament, it's going to be Hikaru Sheeta versus Serena Deeb. Right, and that's Maybe what it, worries me, that, like, we're going to get to that, but we're, we might not get to Storm versus Sheeta. Okay. So, I'd definitely so, like to see that. Uh, so would I. But, but that, they didn't they, play. They didn't. But Brandon, they didn't play one promo for anything in this match. I made sure I paid attention to this. Uh, no, no, they they did. When they, if it wasn't this match, then it was the other. It match. wasn't this match. They I definitely made sure I did. paid they attention to this. Did. They definitely no, they, they didn't. One hundred percent put over that Malachi Black thing. No, uh, in this match, no, they didn't. I'm, I swear to God that they didn't because I I made sure I paid attention. Like a hawk. There wasn't another this women's match, match though. Um, wasn't there something in the beginning of the show? No. But no, dude, it was definitely that match. All right. Well, whatever. Main event time now. Swerve. You have FT. Swerve though. Oh yeah, that's right. Swerve. He was at the Grammys for some reason. Popped at that. Uh, he, he's well. He's a, he's a musician, so I guess yeah, uh, maybe you'll collect- get like a guaranteed ticket. He's friends with somebody that produced Kanye West or something. I forget. No, what they Kanye said. sucks. But uh, that's yeah, he does. But. Uh, Team Taz ends up attacking him and Keith Lee, leading to a brawl between all four of them, and Kool-Aid mans him through a wall. Keith Lee put put him through the damn wall. It's awesome. What a spot. I lo- I love that they feel like they give Keith Lee these like big power powerhouse no pun intended because powerhouse was in the thing. Uh <clears throat> spots. I always think it's funny when uh, a wrestling company, like we have seen it so many times with WWE, but now I guess AEW too, when a wrestling company puts up a wall <laughs> so they could put a wrestler yeah. through it. I always think that's funny. 
I, but it's great. It was. It's a yeah. fun spot. Yeah. You know, it makes makes Keith Lee look makes super look, strong. Yes, absolutely. So, but now main event time. FTR picks up the victory and retains their ROH and Triple R Tag Team Championships against the Young Bucks. Outstanding match. I love the fact that they brought Bobby Cruz into yeah, this. Yeah, that was a nice touch. That was a, a very, very nice touch. And I hope Ring of Honor, whenever they, you know, go back to full-time, keeps Bobby Cruz in the fold because he did, does outstanding things. I know he was a big part of the ROH women's division and the revival that it had. Um, and he's just a good dude. So... Outstanding match here. I like the uh, the double sharpshooter setup where yes. I think it was a dash that uh, not dash, Dax, Dax, but not yeah. Dax. Cash when Cash made I think he ducked a move to get to put into the maybe maybe it was Dash that ducked it and put on the sharpshooter. I don't know. I like that part. But then we saw Dash hit the uh, Dax. No Cash. <laughs> You're saw- confusing me here. <laughs> I'm. I cannot. These two. There's. It's so confusing. But Dax. No. Is it Dax? Cash. Cash hit the gory bomb. Yes. And I thought that was about to be it. That was Matt a sick gory out. bomb too. Yeah. Matt kicked out. Nick distracted the referee so Matt could kick Cash below the belt. Having some real hard times today, Brandon. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And then the Bucks hit uh, the the big rig. Got to yeah. make sure not to call the shatter machine. And uh, Cash kicked out of that. I'm sitting here thinking, like, Cash. It's because Cash and, and Dash, Dash Wilder, <laughs> Cash Wilder, Cash Cash what? What is this? Cash Wheeler. Cash Wheeler. God, I need to write these names down on my hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he ends Did up kicking out of more of bang week? for your buck. And they tried to cheat to win a bunch of times. They used the titles. They used the... Uh, they they held his trunks and Dax broke it up. They hit the BTE trigger. Cash There's a gets shredded his foot on the that rope. I thought the Young Bucks were going to win. You thought so? Yeah. I was uh, there was there was no way. I know there wasn't. FTR no just was like was the so hottest over. team from the weekend for for outside of WWE, so Yeah. 100%. And then FTR, they used the BTE trigger and kissed Matt before hitting the big rig to pick up the victory. And I liked uh, Dax took to Twitter, Twitter and he's like, yep, it's ours now. We're calling it the FTRR trigger or the F trigger. See what the F is? It's FT, FTR, high G G E R. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Look at that. But yeah, outstanding. Tag Team Wrestling Man is alive and well. And you can say that with, with WrestleMania, too. You know, that three way match that started off all the. Uh, both nights with RKO and uh, Alpha Academy and uh, what's it called? What's the other team? RK oh, man, Bro. I, I, I really have. No, it was it was RK Bro, Alpha Academy, and what was the third team? Oh, it was Street Profits. Street Profits. Yes, that's right. You know, t- 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 that was an outstanding match. FTR, you know, stole the tag team weekend by uh, everything that they did. Could have had an outstanding match, perhaps with Usos and Boogs and Nakamura, but unfortunately, Boogs got injured. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, what really you? Fan. You must. You. I mean, you're a big drinker. What'd you think of the uh, Mike's Harder Lemonade gear? Rather have a. <laughs> I. I. Listen. You complain about them putting advertisements in matches, yet, like, they had to have their entrance be Mike's Hard Lemonade inspired, and then they had to do a tight shot of the guy from the commercial during their entrance while he's riffing out crazy. But, hey, listen, everything is subjective. This this tag team main event, though, outstanding. Um, I can't wait to see what happens next with FTR. 
I'm hoping there's a tag title run. May give them the Matt Cardona treatment and let them have every single title. Hmm. So well, we'll see. Yeah, next week we got a Texas Death Match. I know there was some other stuff announced for Dynamite next week. They, I think they start already started load, loading the car the the card up. Let me check the old uh, Instagram here. Let's see. No AEW. All League Wrestling. Let's see. They just, anything else? Oh, I, I have Sling now for like three months because Rachel really wants um, to watch uh, Better Call Saul. And uh, I get Access TV, which is great. Oh. So I got to watch uh, some of those multiverse matches last night, which was cool. So, But uh, nothing announced yet uh, on social media, but we do get Rampage. You get Moxley versus Wheel Utah, Brian Danielson versus Tramperetta, Swerve Strickland versus QT Marshall, and Willow Nightgale versus Red Velvet. So pretty damn cool, man. And on that note, that's all the pro wrestling talk we're going to talk about this week. Let's get to Chris's Match of the Week. Chris's Match of the Week. Chris's Match of the Week. This may be a shocker to Brandon. He may have to sit down. But my Match of the Week this week is Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins, because they can't just call him Seth Rollins. He has to be Seth freaking Rollins every time they talk about him. Versus Cody Rhodes from WrestleMania. I watched it. Um, it was a great wrestling match. Um, the pop that Cody got and the entrance and the, the over-the-top elaborateness that he got, I thought was a spectacular. And it was well-deserved. This is a guy that had a really weird gimmick leaving WWE. <laughs> he went out and he bet on himself. And he came back and he looked like a superstar. He apparently uh, spoke about that really terrible Anthony Agogo promo. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention, so that I didn't see. Where uh, I mean, when he was doing press for for this, past yeah. Well, weekend, apparently now media scrums are media scrums are now a thing in WWE. I I mean, so, they just did Cody. I don't think they did anyone else, right? Well, I guess I guess maybe that's part of his contract. I want a media scrum after everything I do. Triple H used to have them for takeovers, but that yeah. that hasn't been in a bit. Yeah, well, it gives it a it gives it a big it gives it a, a big fight feel, like a real feel to it. But but Cody spoke. He said, I thought that Anthony Gogo promo was so good, but apparently everyone else thought it wasn't. <laughs> All right, but, the, but the match itself, like, you know, Seth Rollins may have a really, again, really weird gimmick to him. Again, I don't really watch WWE that much, um, but the dude can work. The How'd dude, you like him saying, it, welcome back to the big times expletive? It was fun. You know, what did I say last week on the show? He's been going on social media, like all oh, the all these uh, AW guys, uh, you know, putting our names in their mouths. It's uh, it's desperation there, so it kind of fu- fu- fuels to that. Um, his out al- Seth outfits, Seth Rollins outfit was real strange, dude. I thought it, it looked, was like, so a pe- good. looked it like a peacock. Looked like a peacock. It was really nice looking. Yeah, well, uh, I think Renee Paquette had uh, the designer of that on uh, oral sessions this week or mm. last week. Um, so, but yeah. Cody got the. Uh, I, they're gonna WWE's gonna have to change that uh, their entrance now though, because they're gonna have to put the Cody Vader in there. They can't bring that stupid thing out at the beginning of the Same shows thing all the with time. Edge too, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I watched Edge. Edge's entrance was awesome. You know, being a I watched that match too, which was great. Um, it worked. It and the fire and stuff like that. It, it worked. So uh, yeah, go watch. Uh, watch Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes again. I'm ex- I'm stoked to see. Uh, Cody being a main event guy, but unfortunately, I don't think he'll ever get to a Roman Reigns type, uh, you know, aura to him in WWE uh, because there's always going to be 
Roman Reigns there. He'll definitely get the championship at one point, though. When? When is he going to get the championship? I don't know. He just, Roman Reigns just beat Brock Lesnar in the biggest match of all WrestleMania times. It was stupendous. Um, when? Are they, how are they going to take? How are they going to take? WrestleMania forty. But how are they going to take the title off? Only if Cody like cashes in money in the bank and pulls a Seth Rollins next year at WrestleMania after Roman Reigns faces The Rock. <laughs> you know, and well, and I mean, we'll in. see. Who knows? I don't know. We don't know because we're just two wrestling fans. That For them to fun. bring him back the way he he was brought back, I don't think he'll not end up eventually being WWE champion. Oh yeah, no, he has to. And like even like the 3D graphics that they used were very cool for him. It was his so. tattoo. It was his tattoo. And, you and, know, and there was reports. There was reports. Reports a couple weeks ago saying that you know uh, WWE wanted to uh, uh, you know put makeup all over his tattoo so he couldn't see it. Nope. What? Yeah, you didn't see those ones, no. man. Probably from Ringside News. Um, but also, Cody did guarantee that Pharaoh will, by the He's end the of his run in WWE, he will appear in WWE. He is on his new sh- one of his new shirts. Yeah, but he will like physically co- appear. Good, perfect. Let him walk out with this regal dog. Because <laughs> Pharaoh, so he said Pharaoh just sits and doesn't do anything now. So yeah, because he pays attention to the, the baby. He's his sole keeper. Of the baby. But anyway, yep, so that's my match of the week. Surprising to all. And Brandon, who are you shouting out? Why did the chicken cross the road to listen to Brandon's shoutouts? Waka waka. The first shoutout goes to Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel because on April Fool's Day, they switched shows. And I think that was absolutely hilarious. I thought that was really funny. I watched both shows. I didn't know they were doing it, so I had to go onto Hulu and watch Kimmel. That must and have I been think, very. I think confusing. Jimmy Fallon did a, a, a much funnier job at hosting Kimmel than Kimmel did the Tonight Show. That must have been very confusing. But both were good. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> um, and then on that episode with um, with Kimmel, Bridget Everett was on promoting her show on HBO. And she brought up how she used to waitress at P.F. Chang's in Phoenix. I think it was the original P.F. Chang's. And she she spoke about how Charles Barkley, when he played for the Suns, he was like a regular basically at at P.F. Chang's. And he would come in with a bunch of different famous people. And one time he came in with Ric Flair and she marked the hell out because she grew up a wrestling fan. So Charles Barkley is like, you could sing for Rick. Because she would sing for them. Mm-hmm. So she ended up singing for Ric Flair. And she was like, <laughs> she couldn't she couldn't look at him. She had to like turn away or, or something like that. So I thought that was pretty cool that that episode, the April Fool's Day episode, turned into Bridget Everett talking about marking out over Flair. So, but uh, my next shout out goes to Estelle Harris, who unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 93. Probably most known for playing Estelle Costanza on Seinfeld. Yeah. And Mrs. Potato Head in the Toy Story franchise. But I, like, I really wish I could have seen a live taping of Seinfeld with her and Jerry Stiller on it. Because they are two of the funniest, like, sitcom parents ever. Even further, like, Jerry Stiller went on for uh, King of Queens and became, like, God level for me. But... Estelle Harris, the the lines that she would hit in, in Seinfeld were always hilarious. Yeah, very unfortunate, you know. She was always very, very funny in Seinfeld. Yeah. You know, yeah, she has a voice then, that everybody knew. Absolutely. 
And my last shout out goes to Bobby Rydell, who passed away this week at the age of 79. Known for songs like Volare, uh, Wildwood Days, Swing in School, Sway, Wild One, and Forget Him, which is a song that is definitely one of the most played songs on my iTunes. And I never got to see Bobby Rydell in concert, and I really, really wanted to. Last August, they were doing a free show with uh, Tony Orlando in New Jersey. And it said that it was just for people in New Jersey. So I spoke with the venue and they said it's open for everyone. Like you're fine if you come from New York and, and go to it. But we can't guarantee that you'll get in because it's such a limited space. Mm-hmm. So coming from New York to go to New Jersey wasn't something that I could like risk and not get in for. So, I really wish I could have seen Bobby Rydell. If you don't know him, you can look up his songs that I listed on yeah, iTunes. They're, all, or they're, they're classics. YouTube, yeah. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... out moment of the week i gotta take it back to the hall of fame real quick where uh when they were inducting shad gaspard into the ww hall of fame i liked i really really liked when when jtg and shad's son did the crime time handshake yeah i thought that was really nice that was that was a really heartfelt moment when that happened yeah, there are also like a lot of the speeches. They were great. I liked also that they mentioned Boy Meets World and Vader's video package. <laughs> yeah, I that was cool. But I mean, Undertaker's speech, man. Oh man, that was that was incredible. You know, I you know me with Hall of Fame speeches. I can't sit through them. It's very rare that I'll actually sit through a Hall of Fame speech. But I mean, this one with the Undertaker. I sat through every single second of what he spoke about and it was gripping, entertaining. It was motivational. Um, it, I loved it. Steiner's was out there. Yeah. Steiner's that was one out threw there. me for a loop. Macho man challenged me to see if I could get a cow. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was definitely a random, the most random thing to include in. So uh, I got out of the car and I moved. I, like I don't know, that was so funny. And then how how he believes that Macho Man could talk to cows. Yeah, Rick goes, <laughs> "Thanks for uh, leaving me time to speak." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and also obviously Cody Rhodes returning to WWE, and for me doing that Stardust gimmick, big time mark out moment. Obviously Stone Cold's match, Vince McMahon. Just there's so much. I know Cody Rhodes doing the hearing, the ear, the ear cup. Yeah, the that ear cup for, gimmick for right before WWE the bump. Yeah, which he spoke about Tony. He name dropped Tony Schiavone. He spoke about uh, Young Bucks. Name dropped the Young Bucks. He name dropped uh, Aaron Solo as well. I All mean, AEW contracted. Speaking of which, uh, I mean Kevin Owens doing his the Young Bucks pose during that yes. dark match. During the uh, dark match, you know, he had a... Raw. And then he yeah, had against uh, Cody, Cody Rhodes. Had the Rock's mother hold Kevin Owens so he could chop him. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that that was really cool. 
But uh, overall, those are our markout moments of the week. Dave, take us home. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. But this was episode 583 in the books don't forget to go check out all of our previous episodes don't forget to like us on facebook follow us on twitter follow us on instagram make sure you buy that t-shirt prowrestlingtees.com slash marking out there is a sale that's taking place so make sure you take advantage of that but we wish you the Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.